get angry at the bills I have to pay. I don't get angry when my mom smokes pot. Hits the bottle and goes right to the rock. Fuck it, ride it, it's all the same. Living with Louis Dog's the only way to stay sane. Let the loving, let the loving come back to me. That's right. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Black Sky Legion, episode 90, The Next Evolution. Friday, July 30th, 2021. Now I got something to edit right from the very beginning. Woo! I am your host, Kai Zen. <sighs> it's been one of those kind of days. I am drinking, uh, sipping tequila at this point, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's required. I'm having a little Ornita Salsa Blanca. And, uh, yeah, and I'm also drinking some really, uh, good beers. So, yeah, I'm enjoying a little bit of everything at this point. <sighs> With me tonight, uh, Roy is on shore leave for the night. He's got some, uh, seeing the wife who's been away on a trip to do. So, yeah, yeah, he'll be joining us next week. But we have Commander Tweak74. Say hello to the beautiful people tweaked and tell us what you're drinking. Hello, beautiful people. Friday night, time to have a good time. I, as usual, have some uh, wonderful coffee with me, powered by the uncomparable 6 and 20 Carolina cream again, because I just can't get enough of that stuff. That is some good stuff. Hell yes, that Carolina cream is legit the best stuff I've ever had in my coffee. Blows the hell out of Bailey's. Um, you got to give it a try. Woo! We also have Commander Wolf Dragon, my XO from the Dark Wheel Initiative. Say hi, Wolf. Hello, hello. I have a wonderful glass of Delirium Nocturnum, and I'll be opening up that bottle of the Five Grain from 6 and 20 here in a little bit. Right on. Good stuff, good stuff. And we've got the beautiful and talented Katie Byrne. Say hi, beautiful <laughs> people. Katie, tell us what you're drinking tonight. Hello, everybody. It's lovely to be here, as always. Um, tonight, I am actually sans alcohol. I have no alcohol here, so I'm, I'm, I am leaning into my other um, vice, uh, which is monster energy drinks. So, ah. entirely different direction tonight for me. Okay. Good <laughs> stuff. Good stuff. Um, right on. Everyone but Kai is peeking. All right, I'm going to make one further adjustment to the sound. I wish we would have got that done earlier. Okay. Uh, all right, there we go. Everybody's good. We're going to go. Yeah, Wolf is a robot. There's nothing I can do about that. That's his internet connection. There's nothing he can do about that. He literally has been fighting with the internet people for months. He lives out in... A very, very rural part of Maryland where 
shit just sucks and it is what it is so you're gonna have to put up with it because he's worth having anyways all right so we went through everyone except for the guest dr dre tell me what you're drinking tonight brother uh, it's 10 a.m. over here in Australia, so just coffee for me, I'm afraid. <laughs> right on, right on. And uh, Drebin Omega is of the Whole Seals, you know. I am indeed, yes. Yes, yes. So we're going to have a little chat with him coming up. Um, all right. We've got a lot to get to today. So let's go ahead and run through and see what's in store. We've got... Uh, the 50th anniversary of Apollo 15 launched on July 26, 1971. So that, that, you know, happened this week. We'll be breaking down Star Citizen terms new players should understand. Breaking down the developer update forum post 2 and patch 6 from Elite. We have a visit from one of our favorite aquatic mammals. And we'll be talking more about how we just can't get enough No Mansky. It's so good. Our opening song was What I Got by Sublime. Just rocking out, having a little bit of fun with it. Our closing song is going to be What a Fool Believes by Stories featuring Therese Curatolo. Love her voice. She's got the voice of an angel. We've got a lot of stuff in store, so stay tuned. And you know what? Screw it. We're skipping the plugs this week. Who needs plugs? Uh, You're listening to the Black Sky Legion. Subscribe if you want. Who fucking cares? All right. Let's get this started right away with our interview with uh, Dr. Dre. I just love saying that. Dr. Draben. <laughs> Draben Omega of the Whole Seals. So, uh, Draben, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, that post that you put out last week. So, uh, as I understand it, basically, um, as, as kind of we all know, Elite's going through a little bit of a rough patch at the moment. Um, yeah. But but I think we've got some good news this week about about this week's, you know, happenings or whatever. But last week, in the midst of that sort of, uh, we've had some things where, for example, uh, the, the AXI announced that, you know, uh, M. Graham was taking over because Gluttony Fang was retiring from elite altogether we had hooners that are retiring from elite altogether and people from newton's gambits kind of some of them doing a last hurrah we had you know noticed that uh sagai magazine was closing their doors indefinitely right now they've had some personnel situations or whatnot and and they're just sort of putting the the project on hold indefinitely they may or may not return we don't know there was no time frame given or, or discussion of anything of that nature. Um, and sort of in the midst of that, you guys dropped an update saying like, hey, there's some things happening and sort of we're, we need to have some recruitment or we can't really guarantee continued coverage or whatnot. And I think that maybe some people took that statement a little different than it was intended to be. I think I took that statement a little different than it was intended because when you reached out, a lot of people did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people did. Um, well, it 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 stems from the issue that uh, as a service provider, uh, we want to be able to provide our service to everyone that plays Elite. You know, from PC, PS to Xbox, um, and our numbers have been. I wouldn't say falling off completely, but uh, 
have been waning, you know, quite substantially for, you know, the past couple of months, even before the Odyssey update uh, killed a lot of, you know, player numbers. Uh, so we just weren't able to respond to a lot of cases that uh, we would have liked to, or, you know, even responded to them in like a timely manner, uh, which, you know, put us in a real difficult place as the admins of the Wholesales, where we really had to consider the future of the Wholesales. Uh, and I think that statement was... Uh, pretty much accepted as we're shutting up our doors, which I had to go into Reddit and post a pledge saying, no, we're not shutting, you know, the whole seal service. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we do need uh, to look after the communities that we've, you know, developed for so long mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of, you know, special people here in elite that, uh, you know, tend to be moving on to Star Citizen and um, No Man's Sky and things like that. Mm. And it's just a shame to, you know, have all of these communities just shut up and um, just lose that special something that uh, a lot of people had. Uh, So we're trying to, you know, pick up all of the, I I don't want to say stragglers, but if you find yourself out there without a group, uh, if you just want a group to hang out in, you know, maybe try the whole seals. Um, yeah, we, we'd be happy to have, you know, any one of you guys. Yeah. And in addition to that, I think we should keep in mind as elite might be sort of in a transitional period at the moment that they're, 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 you know, some people leaving or whatever. You don't necessarily have to just join the whole seals. If you don't have somebody, you might have somebody, yeah. you might have a play Absolutely. group. You might be, Hey, I'm a buckyball or Hey, I'm a, a, a member of Canon. Hey, I'm a, a AXI person, or I'm a, or, you know, I, 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 rep, yeah. I, I fly around with the down to earth astronomy group, or I fly around with the black sky Legion. I'm part of the turning the wheel initiative. You can be a part of other groups and in addition to that, provide a valuable service to the community as a wholesale, as yeah. a fuel rat, uh, what have you. And and you can... So, like, basically what I'm saying is I'm putting out a call to all Elite Dangerous commanders out there. If you play Elite Dangerous and you are, you know, uh, enjoying the game, and but you, you might not have given the wholesales... Uh, a join yet you might have been like saying well i've been focusing on getting combat elite or hey i'm focusing on you know getting my maverick suit or hey, i'm focusing on doing this or that or the other if you're going to be a part of the community the elite dangerous community if you're going to be one of those that stays and plays elite i feel like if you're a fan of Elite, if you're a defender of Elite, if you are a person who says, this is a viable game that I enjoy, I don't want to go play the other ones. Or, I do want to go play the other ones, but I still come back and I play Elite every you know Tuesday and Wednesday and on the weekends, or I play Elite whatever. I feel like now is the time to put out the call to all commanders to say, hey man, um, we really could use in addition to you being a part of these other groups that you enjoy come join the hall seals come be a part of the group get trained on how to do it and the protocols and whatnot and then you can just sort of 
pitch in as you can, as you have time when you're online, and be a part of the one of the core pillar institutions that will keep Elite alive. If you care about Elite, now's the time to step up and put some skin in the game and be a part of the solution. Um, it's super, super easy to join, and I would really love to get now uh, Dre to kind of talk a little bit more about how easy it is to join, how you would go about it, and a little bit about this new Pilots Initiative Repair Day promo that's happening. Thank you so much, Kai. Uh, yeah, it's it's really easy to join. You just visit hullseals.space, uh, follow the prompts on how to join there. Uh, once you've set up your account, registered with our website, gone through training, you're basically a hull seal. You can go and do your uh, in real life activities or other group activities. It doesn't matter, you know, what you do in your personal life. Uh, if you're there to, you know, help with cases, that's that's more than we could ever ask for. Uh, as for the new players initiative repair day, uh, on August 7th, uh, from 1900 to 2200 and 1am to 4am UGT, uh, we have a new player initiative repair day where you can come out and test the repair mechanics if you haven't already uh that will give you a little bit of taste uh, you know a little taste of what the hull seals are about and you can meet you know some of the other hull seals as well uh you know just have a, a fun community day where you get to meet some hull seals try out some repairing and see if you get a taste for you know repairing people and rescuing people hell yeah and just to respond to something in the chat i see from Zenexia. Are the repair guys, question mark? Yes, these are the repair guys. And you can take your standard ship and just throw on, you know, you, you most ships have some limpets on them. Uh, you, you throw on a repair limpet controller and you can be doing your other stuff while you keep an eye on this. And just imagine how great it would feel to be, you know, okay, I'm out mining or I'm out doing this or I'm out doing that. And then you, you get a call and it's like, oh, hey, this guy's just two systems over. You, you, you make a jump or this guy's, you know, eight systems over, but I, I got the jump range that I can do that in one jump. You jump over and just, you know, boom, say hi and, and, and be that hero that comes in and rescues them and, and throws out some repair limpets and gets them started and helps them along the way and also maybe answer some questions for them on things that you know that they can do i i gotta be honest with you let's let's look at this from the from the standpoint of what is there to do in elite what what is the point of elite like yeah okay i can earn credits but like so what credits are easy oh i can know i got my engineering mats Okay, that's a grind that makes you want to shoot yourself in the head. But like, okay, we all do it. and You get your grind done, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, No Man's Sky, all video games are a waste of time. They are a way that we spend our time sort of doing silly nonsense because it gives us a chance to relax, escape the bullshit that is life, and just sort of whatever. So in the end, your money is meaningless. Your mats are meaningless. Your, all of your ranks and your this, that, and the other is meaningless. What is 
sort of the key and is the greatest thing and the most sort of worthwhile aspect of any video game, whether we're talking about Elite or any other game, is sort of the feelings and experiences that you can have. And I can tell you right now, I can't think of any more valuable or worthwhile of a feeling or story, a connection with other humans than, hey man, yeah, okay. I, I took a break from mining for, you know, half an hour and I lost whatever. Oh my God, in that time, I would have made another, you know, 50 million credits. But you're going to have that story for the rest of your life of, yeah, man, I met this dude from Japan and he was, you know, stuck. He had this weird, you know, whatever. He 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 got too close to a, a neutron star or, you know, whatever. He, he screwed up. He, he came down and landed on a high G world and he was just limping. And I threw him some limpets. We got him repaired. We got him sorted and got him to this spot. And hey, now I met, you know, Yoshi from Japan or I met Sven from Sweden or, you know, Bill from the UK. And like... I made a new friend. I had a very cool, meaningful experience. And I think that that, to me, trumps anything else you can really do pretty much in a video game. It really is such a good feeling. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So everybody out there that's listening, uh, we will have a uh, link in the show notes on where to go to sign up and to, to, to find more information to get started with the Hall Seals. Uh, Dre, if you can just pop in the Recording Booth channel a link, because I don't think people are allowed to post links in, the, in our chats. Um, I'd be happy to. I will be more than happy to post it right now live in the YouTube chat and the Twitch chat for our listeners. Um, here is the link. It's uh, basically just whole seal space forward slash knowledge forward slash lots of other stuff. But here is the link <laughs> and it will be in the show notes for you. But there it is in YouTube. Here it is in. Why is it not letting me? I can't. Okay. Yeah. I had to literally click on there saying that I will follow the chat rules in my own chat. Uh, nope. What the hell? It won't. For some reason, based. I cannot post in our chat at the moment, uh, in the, the Twitch chat. So whatever, it's in the YouTube chat and, oh, and, and actually it, it forwarded from the other one. So there you go. Um, and in addition to that, like I said, it will be in the show notes. Go and join the whole seals and and you know let's have some fun with with things let's keep the important pillars of elite alive because i swear to god i am rooting like hell for them to pull this out and to make it right and if and when they do i think that institutions like the whole seals and the fuel rats uh, and and uh, like Sagai, things like that are going to be the important things that we want to be able to either A, you know, ideally we want them to never go away. We want them to stay going the whole time and keep the community alive. Um, but for ones that do close their doors temporarily, like Sagai or whatever, I hope they come back, man. But like, it's it's I think it's way easier 
to keep a thing going than it is to restart it. So let's keep the hull seals going. Let's keep the fuel rats going. Let's keep the important sort of elite dangerous communities, especially the hull seals, man. Let's, let's keep this going. Please, if you're listening to this and you are a fan of elite, you are a backer of elite, step up right now, put some skin in the game and, and show your commitment to keeping, uh, I think, pretty much one of the absolute most important communities in the elite dangerous game meta community alive so absolutely <sighs> do you have anything else you want to add dre i feel like i monologued a bit there uh just thank you so much for for uh allowing us to bring light to you know this situation that we're in and uh yeah just everybody help keep your communities alive because when they're gone, it's really difficult to get them back. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. All right. So let's hop into the Black Sky Legion segment. Right off the bat, let's start with the spotlight on the crew and things that have been, you know, uh, going on this week, as well as um, sort of uh, this is the segment where we do the stuff, games and whatnot that don't fit into other sort of category so it's not star citizen it's not elite it's not no man's guy um right off the bat we've got HunterNet. uh HunterNet is a new very cool sort of pvp based game that uh has more content coming the creator of the game has reached out to me uh and given me an access key and wants to have us sort of look at it and tell you guys more about it it seems very, very cool. To me, it is sort of very elite-like in the combat and flight mechanics and whatnot. Um, but they've basically just removed all of the grind. It's not set up like that. It's just you jump in. It's kind of a slightly similar to, in some aspects, to kind of a CQC. But instead of with a very, very limited sort of gameplay mode... It's more like if you were to take the aspect of just jump in and fight of CQC with the other aspects of just general PvP play that you get in Elite Dangerous. So I, th I think a lot of the PvP community seems to be really having fun with that. I uh, intend to hop in tomorrow and play that a good bit and have some more sort of news for you on it um, next week. Um, Katie. Yeah, I, I am familiar with um, Huntsnet. It's a fantastic project. Um, the PvP communities of Elite that I know personally, they have really taken to that game, to Huntsnet. It's very fast-paced. Um, it has flight full, full or half flight assist off options, so you can go the full flight assist off with with complete, you know, no no stabilization, or you can have only translation. Flight assist off, um, similar to what Star Citizen does. Um, it's very, very skill based, extremely skill based, and I know that the PvP players that I know personally, they absolutely love it. Beautiful, absolutely. So um, there also is a. I'm going to get the link for you. There is a link where you can just sign up for it. It's in uh, like early alpha, and it's just a here. Sign up here and they put you on a list and they contact you and they sort of get you in and say, okay, here, we want your feedback on this and this and this, and you know, you can just hop in and give it a try. So check it out. 
also Avorian. Basically, Avorian launched beta 2.0 this week. Um, it, it is, uh, you know, they, they were adding features and holding off and holding off. And they were, you know, people were starting to say, hey, is there a feature creep? What's going on with this? But Avorian 2.0 beta is live. Good to go. Go and check it out. That's uh, something that you were keeping an eye on. We will keep you up to date on these and more games as they sort of progress. Um, and now, let's uh, hop in with the crew. Why don't we start with Tweak? Tell me a little bit about uh, how your week has been in gaming and in life and what, you know, what all you're doing with your space games and whatnot. Well, actually, this week I've been playing a little bit of Microsoft Flight Simulator as that has come to the Xbox Series X. And uh, to me, that is, from what I've seen so far, the first next-gen game on the Series X. The graphics are amazing. The gameplay is pretty decent. There's a little bit of stuttering here and there that I've noticed, but but most of the time it's pretty smooth. And I actually took off from an airport a couple hours away, flew over my house, and landed at the airport in the town 20 minutes from me. So kind of cool hell yes asobo asobo has been killing it with that microsoft uh, flight simulator yeah it, it's pretty impressive the tech they have on that thing I, I haven't dug into it too much to get too in detail yet the other thing i wanted to touch on real quick was again fdev another week another oof moment from fdev um community manager paul crowther i believe his name was is yep, paul crowther paul crowther he uh, made a post on the forums, and I'm not going to read it in detail here, but to sum it up, he basically denied that they have banned anybody in the forums or on Twitch for just critical questions or you know hard questions that everybody that's been banned has been abusive and toxic and so on and such forth. And I just want to state for the record, again, I was not abusive. I was not toxic. I'm Pretty sure I can say the same for Black Maze and a couple other people that I know do things the right way. They also got banned. And it's disgusting to me that FDev allows them to just double down on this heavy-handed, I don't even know what you want to call it, totalitarian kind of rule that they're they're trying to do here with the community. It's it's disgusting to me. And I just I can't let it go by without at least addressing it and letting them know we don't like it we're, we're we're not ignoring things so there is that yeah i've definitely heard from some people that they are still ha they they are in their feels with regard to you know what is in their view unjustified censorship um i get it man i get it um <sighs> all right so that takes us to wolf what have you been doing this week brother I have been doing nothing but fixing our Discord server. I know you've been doing a ton of that. And I, dude, I love you for it. I do. I love you. I love you in a very platonic but very, very real way, man, my man. Yeah, today I, uh, everyone on the server got a ping. I promise not to do that very often. Uh, giving a new roles channel. Uh, the end result when I get done rolling out this feature is, is that I mean, let's face it, the left side of the server is pretty huge. Um, if you don't select a thing that you're interested in, it won't show up on the left side once I'm done. So for those people that have been saying like, oh my God, there's so many channels in this Discord. 
We're going to set it up so that if you just want to see No Man's Sky stuff and you don't care about Elite or Star Citizen, you just see, you know, No Man's Sky stuff. And you'll see the general stuff, like the stuff about our show and memes and silly dumb shit and events that we do and whatnot. If you just want to see Elite stuff and you're like, dude, I, I, I do not want to see Star Citizen or uh, No Man's Sky stuff, you can get that. If you want to see all three, you can get that. If you just want to see Star Citizen and No Man's Sky, you can get that. Any combination of the above, we are. Uh, it's a it's a it's a huge process, and it's a it's it's a lot of work. And Wolf is doing the vast majority of it. I'm doing a little teeny bit here and there, but like we're we're working very hard to try to just make the server a better experience for everybody. And I thank you so much for it, Wolf. I know you were doing a little bit more, but we'll talk about that on the No Man's Sky section as well, yeah? Of course. Right on, right on. Katie, what you been up to this week? I have been playing Star Citizen and a little bit of something else that we'll talk about later. Ah. Um, yeah, I've been back with, I had another session with the, the Milson group that I've joined, the UEE Pathfinders. Right on. This week, um, it was outstanding. Um, it's it's very very similar to to Milsim in something like Armor. Um, mm -hmm. So it's kind of it's, it's strict. It's a strict um, atmosphere in these places, and um, the when you, when you go into these sessions and you're being taught things, that the initial stages of it can be quite slow, but the combat part of it, oh my god, was that worth the wait? Because it was uh, it was. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a video out of these uh these sessions i'm very much behind on i've been recording so much star citizen lately i'm very much behind on footage for it um but at some point there will be a video coming um yeah but i'm really enjoying the experience with with, with that group beautiful and uh uh i'm gonna hop in here with my week has been i've been doing a little bit of uh tutoring in uh nomansky to help some people out i've been doing a lot of server work I very much intend tonight, uh, right after the show, I'm going to uh, get myself an elite over to the down-to-earth astronomy community uh, uh, fleet carrier because we're taking a trip to that nebula that's going to be beautiful. And I think several people from the cast are joining, and we're going to uh, go just on. Just landed on the fleet carrier, <laughs> as you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go uh, uh, tweak. Call out the name of the fleet carrier and the system that it's in, just for people listening live. Absolutely, the the system is LP five four seven one five nine, and the name of the fleet carrier is Purple Nebula, right, right by the star when you jump into the system. So that's LP space five four seven one five nine. So those people who want to take a little trip to a beautiful nebula, the the, the fleet carrier is taking off. In just like a number of hours, like five or six hours, it's going to be taken off. And we're going to be going on a nice little trip, a little sightseeing cruise. Uh, and, and we've got some news from Elite Dangerous that they've done some stuff to make things beautiful with the lighting and, and whatnot. So let's go and enjoy it. Let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, uh, rejoice in. No matter how you feel about Elite, you cannot deny the fact that Elite Dangerous has the most gorgeous galaxy model 
of any video game. Um, and with the orbital mechanics and, and just the, the pretty, pretty, you know, views that you can get, man. And, and, and I got to say, for a lot of people, if you're like, man, the grind of Elite is killing me, why not keep playing Elite and just ditch the grind? Go out and explore and see pretty stuff and do things at your own pace, at your own time. Have no grind and just have some fun with it. And if you're an AX pilot, pray to God that uh, they kind of remove a shit ton of that grind so that you can have fun as well. <laughs> uh, all right. And that takes us to Dre. Dre, what you been doing this week in gaming? Uh, lots of wholesale stuff, uh, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I went out on a couple of repairs. Uh, we had one repair and one code black. Our code blacks are uh, basically... Uh, ruptured canopies where the commander is losing oxygen uh, where I shift my carrier out to their location uh, set up a nav beacon for them and they just glided on into safety basically which was fun yeah uh, it's that sort of you know emergent gameplay that really keeps you coming back to hull ceiling um, you know yeah it's fun <laughs> absolutely fantastic uh, and are you, where are you at right now with, with things? Are you, do you play, you know, just elite or elite and star citizen or no man's sky or, you know, like elite and final fantasy or other things, or is it just like, no, nope, I'm, I'm a bit of a sim racer. So, uh, I'm kind of in, uh, a set of Corsa, uh, a set of Corsa competition, um, stuff like that. I'm also, uh, waiting for, um, Forza Horizon 5, that's due out in November, I believe. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I spent a lot of time on uh, Forza Horizon uh, 4, and um, it's just at the point where there's really nothing left for me to do in-game. So, yeah, I've kind of given racing a little bit of a break for now. Like, I've got all of the setup, like the wheels and the pedals and all that sort of stuff. Um so yeah, I've kind of given the the circuits a little bit of a break for now and gone back into you know space basically. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic, beautiful. All right, that takes us to Star Citizen News Weekly. And now, Star Citizen News Weekly. Lots of stuff to get to. First off, we've got Inside Star Citizen Loot in Route Summer 2021. This ISC is not to be missed. We have it for you in the show notes. You absolutely need to see it. They are getting to the point now where it's like, okay, we're figuring out the systems to put loot out in the galaxy. You can loot people. You can loot boxes. You can loot items and this, that, and the other. Uh, it's, it's coming along, man. This is getting really, really good at this point. And, uh, Tweak, you had something about the loot and the fire tech? Yeah, I, I watched that video and, and again, so just, I cannot wait to get into Star Citizen. They're doing everything right as far as I'm concerned, as far as designing <laughs> the game. Uh, what do we want to do when we're having our first-person shooter stuff clear out a cave? We want to be able to pick up ammo or weapons or med pens or whatever 
mm-hmm. from those people that we take out. That's just fun gameplay. And then I was super impressed. Actually, I was fascinated when they started going in such detail. Well, we've got fire right now, but it only does this. And we want it to do this, how it goes up here and it reflects down here. And just the level of detail that CIG is taking with every little aspect of this game blows my mind. It's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Randomly put out a new video. Elite Dangerous versus Star Citizen number three. This is a continuing, you know, in his series gun modding um oof this one was this one was a little (laughs) this one hurt my heart a little bit this one was a little rough to watch because they're like elite dangerous how do you mod your gun and then it shows like basically they fast forward through you know weeks worth of gameplay of this guy running around all these bases and going to get all of the pieces so that he can have one specific uh mod welded onto his gun and it can never be taken off and then it shows how you do gun modding in Star Citizen. Go to the store, hand over a few shekels to the guy behind the counter, and you got your stuff. Done. Just, you know, a few dollars. And by the time you get to the point where, like, literally buying any gear in Star Citizen, and when I say gear, I mean, you know, a gun, a hat, a boots, a a a a, a, a hot suit a cold suit uh scope uh different kinds of ammo for your rifle different kinds of you know an extended magazine or or a suppressor or whatever it's all just dirt cheap because it's like yeah when you get to the point where you can buy spaceships for a million credits like yeah gun costs you know whatever four thousand credits it's pocket change so you can literally go say okay this rifle has six different kinds of scopes I'm buying all six. So what? And then the way that you mod the gun when you're out in the field or anywhere, you don't have to be in a base. You, you could just be anywhere in the world. You look at, you examine the gun and it'll show you, okay, you've got the scope, the barrel, the magazine, and you know, whatever, the stock. You've got these four or five things you can modify. Click on the scope slot. And it'll say, okay, you have these four scopes. You have these five scopes. Click on any one of them. Boom, it's on there. That easy. Uh, Which I think highlights what we've been saying all along is it's like, Frontier, please learn from this. Don't don't make it everything a grind and everything to be painful. Let let your players play the game and have fun. Next up, we've got, there's a massive image uh, of a, uh, it's a a list of deliverables complete as of July 28, 2021. Uh, I want to give a a huge salute to our research team who have given us these. We've got uh, um, uh, Orison, Lady Raincloud and Chad Lozon, uh, who have just been killing it, uh, coming up with all of this stuff. And uh, this one was from Rain, and she listed the image. You literally have to download the image because it's that, it's like, it's one of those where, you know, you just can't see it. There's too much stuff. You have to download the image and, um, like, inspect it, zoom in, and then you can see all the stuff. Massive. The it's a link is in the show notes and I just posted it live. Massive, massive list of all of the progress that is being made as this, you know, 
goes through and and it it is fantastic just just huge huge salute um we have a, a, another thing that was given to us uh, uh, by the researchers. There is a, uh, a series of sprints that concluded uh, and then like the new ones that are, 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 are just kicking off. So they com- concluded the Basilisk Advocacy Undersuit, uh, the uh, uh, Cybernetics Concept, the Gameplay Stats Service, the Generic Ship Screens UI, Inventory system, mounted guns, uh, uh, MT healing, uh, so the multi-tool healing attachment, radar scanning and ping, and RSI bangle. Those, uh, that's not to say that the entire project for those is concluded. That's saying that the sprint that they were on to develop key features or whatever in those aspects were concluded. And they are just kicking off a new series of sprints on uh, adapt spawn closets uh, to support persistent NPC spawnings. Uh, inventory unstow, item port mod API, laser trip mines, player interaction experience T1 lockers and inventory, the looting stuff that we were talking about that's coming, quantum travel experience, and shard manager. Now that quantum travel experience, uh, shard manager, uh, inventory unstow, these are things that scream more to me more you know okay server meshing stuff all right we got sitcon coming i'm excited for the big surprise announcements super super good stuff um the July Jump Point was just released with tons of new information for subscribers, including an amazing in-depth review of the Gatak Raylan, uh, a cool Galactopedia article on the Kavish Cactus in the verse. It's a very cool sort of people plant that everywhere. Number one, as a sort of you plant it around your house and it's like an extra layer of sort of free defense of Anybody sneaking around your house in the dark or an animal or whatnot is going to bump into a cactus and have a bad time. But it's also like uh, an inspiring thing because it uh, comes from a very hostile climate and yet it the, the plant thrived uh, on that pl- climate. So it's kind of like a point of pride for the people, to the, the people of that area that they're like, yeah, man, we, we, we thrive everywhere. They're kind of, they got that belter loader mentality of like, you know, nothing stops us, and I, I dig that. Uh, and there was a very cool spotlight on the Brentworth Care Center. So for those of you who subscribe, for those of you who are, you know, it's like the, whatever, $10 a month for the for that thing, um, you get, in addition to whatever little special deals you get on, like, oh, look, I got a special hat, oh, I got a special gun, eh, whatever. Like, yeah, okay, cool stuff, whatever. But I think what is, to me, much more of a value proposition is this jump point magazine you get these really cool kind of like uh, behind the scenes looks at a lot of different things that's going on with the development and 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 i i i'm just a big fan i dig it we got ray's guide to xeno threat the pre-brief look xeno threat is here xeno threat Mark 2, version 2, is here now. Uh, it is dropping on. As soon as 3.14 it hits the wider PU, and it's in you know PTU Wave 3, it's it's very, very close. Any day now, it will be dropping 
PU. And when it, for all I know, it dropped today. And I just, I've been on the road for 20 hours, so I missed it. But uh, at any point, it's going to drop if it didn't already today. And when it does, man, get in on that Xenothread action. It's going to be so good now that it's not broken up. Now that it's just, we load the Idris, we jump in and we get to fight. Uh, or, or javelin, which uh, my brain is mush at this point. But you know, you you, you get the the boxes and, and repair the ship, and then you jump in and get to do the big battle. I'm super super excited. I've never done it yet. I've only gotten to do it Xenothreat version one. I did where it was split up. So yeah, we're still waiting on today's PTU update. Okay, okay, cool. Thank you very much. So yeah, it's uh, uh it's but it's from everything that I'm hearing on PTU. Man, it's it's getting really good, really stable, really ready any second now to drop to PU. I'm so ready for it. Bring it, because I want this. I'm ready for Ninetales. I'm ready for Xenothreat Mark II. I'm ready for all of... I'm ready for Oris, and I'm ready for all of the fun stuff. CIG made the Daymar Rally officially canon. There's an article. We've got a link to the, the picture uh, um, that will be in the show notes for you. Obviously, the Daymar Rally has been a big thing. It's been sort of the biggest race in the Star Citizen galaxy, you know, for forever. And they're, it's just a, a very, very cool thing when you see a developer that takes community-made content and they embrace it and weave that into their storyline and use that to further the official story of the game. I, I just want to give a huge salute and much respect on that. Um, before we get into the discussion topics, I want to open it up to the crowd. Do you guys have anything else that you want to add on the Star Citizen Spotlight for, for things that dropped this week that you're like, oh man, we got to talk about this or that? I think when, you pretty much covered it all. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for everything. <laughs> Absolutely everything. Go right ahead, Katie. on. Katie? Yeah, with, with regards to the Inside Star System, um, now this is one of one of the first of that, that particular series that I've actually seen, because I've, you know, I've only been playing the game for six weeks, maybe. Um, and I was just blown away by that the, nothing in the game is done to a, oh, that will do level. Everything is taken to... In, in that same video, they were talking about the loot system. They were talking about creating systems to make sure that the leaves rotated realistically when they were blown about by the wind and and how player footsteps will disturb foliage and um, and the, the, the thrusters um, affecting the, the, where the dust blows up on the ground. It's, it's remarkable just how much fidelity they're going for in the game. I'm really, really excited. Absolutely. Beautiful. Um, I want to call out Soul Citizen uh, again this week. Uh, amazing, amazing show. They did a very, very cool talk with regard to the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, uh, sort of the overall meta state of mining. Um, you know, talking about, you know, the, the whole aspect of it. I mean, so there are, what, six? There are six different or generators you know you have your hand tool which is you know the the, the multi-tool which has the mining extraction for on hand uh for vehicles you have 
the Rock one seater and the Rock, what is it, DSV, the the, the dual seat vehicle, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, ship wise, you've got two. You've got the uh, Misk Prospector and the Argo Mole. Uh, the Misk Prospector is the single miner, and the Argo Mole is the crew miner. Um, and then you have the o- is it Orion? Yeah, you have the Orion, which is going to be the capital class mining vessel. It is a big old boy with a large crew that goes out deep and does you know massive mining operations and the stuff that's going to be coming with that. And it's it is. Super excited. I cannot wait for that. I am so stoked. Uh, now, we have no idea when the Orion's going to drop, but I will say this. If you're paying attention to the development process, CIG is getting to the point now where they're really honing in on some of these capital class vessels, and they're making a lot of progress with them. And I would expect that maybe one of the very first capital class vessels to be dropped would be the Orion. Now, if you're keeping track of the progress tracker, you know that there are, I think, six right now? Six unnamed ships that are being worked on, one of which looks like it's getting to the point where it's at the final like launch phase. Um, I think the first two capital-class ships that you're probably going to see in the game are the Orion from RSI, and the uh, uh, is it Star Fury? What is the the, the big fuel ship? It's I think the, the whatever you're gonna see the fueler one, and you're gonna see the um, uh, uh, the Orion, the mining one. Because number one, you need the fueling one in order to implement the other capital class ships. Because yes, technically you're right, the 890 jump is a capital class ship, but it's like. You know, I, it's not the big, big boys, but like Starfarer. Yes, the Starfarer is, uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so you've got your, 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 your mining ship, your, your Orion is the one that is, um, it's the one that has its game loop sort of done and ready. It's ready to be implemented. And I think that when we see Pyro soon, we're going to be seeing people, you know, going out and mining. Although it's so weird because with Pyro, they've multiple times they've said like, yeah, man, we don't think that there is a, 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 a like good ore there. It's, it's been overmined. It's been strip mined. It's been whatever. But like, I got to think just the way games work and maybe I'm wrong, but the way games tend to work, like you put some cool resources in the lawless areas to lure out your trader types, your, 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 your minor types, your, your, your gatherer types to provide content for your criminals and to provide interesting sort of risk versus reward propositions for, for stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, Soul Citizens, phenomenal podcast. Check it out. In addition, there's uh, Points of Interest, which is a very cool new 
Star Citizen podcast that they just put out, uh, I think, episode three. Um, they're, they're, they're new, and they're good. So check them out. So let's jump into the Star Citizen discussion series, or topic, rather. There's two things that I want to talk about. The first is, I've seen some feedback from people, basically, like, some of the saltier Star Citizen veterans. And I'm not talking about, like, Star Citizen haters. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that are a little on the salty side, but still support the project. And they've been kind of a little... In a way, I think a little dismissive of some of the elite dangerous players, uh, the what is being referred to as elite dangerous refugees, and they're coming at it from a standpoint of like, oh, that's cute. You precious little elite dangerous noobs, just wait. You'll see. Give it six months or a year, and you'll be like us. You'll still love the project, but you'll be complaining like, man, they're too goddamn slow. And I get that. I do. I get where you're coming from. I've been playing Star Citizen for a year. So, yeah, I get that. But I think that you guys are actually the ones that are being a little on the naive side. You're not giving Star Citizen or uh, Elite Dangerous Refugees enough credit to know where we're coming from. So, I want to, this part is sort of to edify the Star Citizen vets on Elite Dangerous and where we're coming from. A lot of the supporting but a little salty vets of Star Citizen say, hey man, this game is great as far as like the concept. They're swinging big. I love that, but it's going too slow. And what you don't know, because you, you know, unless you've been an elite player, what you don't see from our side is that what we're used to is A, doesn't swing for the fences it, it doesn't have a big sort of high concept it's it's very we're used to with elite being told ah, i can't do that it's too hard it's too much we're not stretching we're not doing that that's not a thing b where you get told stuff and i get it i do 100 percent get that star citizen in the early early days put out a little more information than they do now but we're used to coming from no information. And lastly, where you're like, it's going too slow. It's going slower in Elite. If you were to look at Star Citizen, I think in 20... If you were to compare Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous in 2015, 2016, at that point, Elite was going at a rocket pace compared to Star Citizen. Elite made good and sort of uh, clever use of several shortcuts to make a massive jump and get way ahead of Star Citizen in what they were providing. Elite had a whole galaxy when Star Citizen just had the hangars. But some of those shortcuts, you know, they came with a price that that had to be paid eventually. And that, that price has come due now. And that is that where star citizen is now able to progress faster. Elite is stuck in some sort of dead ends. They painted themselves in some corners and 
they're now, if you look at from 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, Star Citizen is actually making progress faster than Elite while telling you way more about the progress than Elite while going for much bigger concepts and bigger um, sort of gains than Elite. I think the perfect way to sum this up is from Readcast, a podcast, another Star Citizen podcast. I heard an episode lately where they were joking and they were saying like, oh my God, I went to the bar uh, and they literally only, you know, I, I go, I sit down at the bar, I get the bar- bartender's attention finally. And he's like, what do you want? A vodka soda or a beer? And they were literally complaining, saying like, can you believe this? It's this far in and you only got two options vodka and soda or beer and what you guys don't understand some of you you veterans don't understand from an elite dangerous standpoint in the elite dangerous bar you cannot sit down like you can't sit down anywhere there's sitting is not a thing except for uh, in your ship where you hit the button to magically spawn in your ship and you're welded to the seat you never get up or out of it you just you know, fade to black, you're roofied and you wake up outside. Um, And our bartender in Elite Dangerous doesn't provide any drink option whatsoever. None. You literally got, hey, I'm a menu for trading materials for a grind that makes you want to shove a knife through your own eyeball. Uh, And (laughs) there are no drinks. So have fun, fucker. Just stand there awkwardly. While some guy yells at you from across the room, hey, I got a secret mission where you can massacre lots of people. Don't tell anyone. And he's yelling it across the bar. So, yeah. Uh, I want to kind of hop in and bring the crowd in on that sort of mini subject. Like, the the idea... like Because, like, legitimately, Elite was making progress way faster than Star Citizen in the first two, three years of the project. But now... That is not the case. I find Star Citizen, and honestly, I'll say this as a criticism of Star Citizen, I kind of think that Star Citizen in 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, maybe up to 2017, they kind of were spinning their wheels a little bit. They weren't making really good progress. They were kind of more building the idea of how they were going to build their company. So if you look at Star Citizen and say, oh my God, it's this many years out and they're still just getting to this, that, and the other, I think it's sort of easier to criticize Star Citizen because it took them a long way, a long time to get started and get their footing. But if you just look at Star Citizen from the aspect of 2019, 2020, 2021, I feel like, holy shit, they are making good progress at a good pace, and I am excited for how it's going. I'm going to shut up now and let people hop in. Uh, Katie? Um, yeah, I, honestly, I, like, I, I agree. Um, they, you know, I, I started playing Elite not long after it, re- after it released, um, so before Horizons. And the early days, there was a lot being done. There, was, there, was, there were new ships being released quite often. There was a lot of optimism, um, as you say. There was a whole galaxy to explore. You know, there were, there were, there were. I felt like there was enthusiasm from from Frontier, um, and I and I kind of feel like that that enthusiasm fell off somewhere. That it, it went from being 
the kind of the kind of dream project, the dream big project, to just being looking at the kind of the, the what would what would be deliverable. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I feel like with Star Citizen, they are they 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 are dreaming big, and they are putting in there's the enthusiasm behind it, and they're putting in the work to follow through on those dreams. Um, and I think that the the early progress, as you said, yeah, it's very very slow. I mean, it used to be a you know there's a lot there's there's a lot of criticism within the Elite Dangerous community towards that fact and the funding model, but I think that. It seems to me, at least, like the kind of project where the early stages are slow and and you don't see a lot of progress because it's like it's building the background tech, you know, it's 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 the boring background stuff that doesn't that doesn't doesn't present as like impressive footage and things like that because but once once that stuff is in place, then you start building on that and you start putting the content in and things like that, and we start and we get what we have now. Mm. Um. So I think that, yeah, I would agree with you that, that I feel like somewhere along the way, Frontier lost their enthusiasm to a degree. Like, I'm not saying completely. There are clearly very talented people um, working at uh, Frontier. Um, there's, there's there's a lot of amazing content in, in Elite Dangerous. A lot. Um, I just feel like the ambition to do something, they're, they're very conservative with, with what they what they're aiming for now and i don't feel like that was always the case Mm. yeah i feel like we're talking about comparing minimum viable product dangerous versus dream big citizen see there's there's some aspects of it that are weird as well like for example um so in any dangerous in odyssey the animations exist to have your weapon drawn but lowered because the NPCs do that. The NPCs can walk around with their weapon drawn but not pointing in people's faces all the time. They can actually lower it, so they're just carrying it casually. But the player can't do that. You don't have the option to do that as the player. And it, and it just seems like an odd... Like, if, the, if the assets already exist to make that happen, mm. why not give... Like, they're not thinking about the immersion. They're not, they're not, really, they're not thinking about... The, the finishing touches that would that would complete the experience or you know it it it's concerning because again you look at star system where 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 you can do that you can lower your weapon there's all sorts you can drop your weapon you can give weapons to other people you can there's so much in the game that is there purely for immersion that is it, it serves no gameplay function almost it's there for immersion and for for emergent things to happen mm-hmm. um so so yeah it certainly is it's certainly concerning and as you say it, it does give the impression that all they're aiming for now is is the minimum viable product mm. tweaked what do you think yeah i can see the the veteran star citizen players look at if, if they've been in that project since the start and you're at what eight nine ten years in now and you're looking at where you Almost are right now. now you're going man this is right this you're and you're thinking this is all we've got so far this is this is where we are and and you take what you have for granted, kind of. I think a lot of them might, because like Katie was saying, in Elite Dangerous, one half of the population can't even get out of their ship. Still, console players. Two, even the ones that do have Odyssey, you can't sit on the benches. You can't buy a drink at the bar. You can't walk down your ramp. It's Katie. You touched on it a little bit. I 
personally, when Odyssey was first announced before they told us everything that was coming in it, what my biggest hope was, was it was going to go big on immersion. And it actually seems like it went the opposite way. It broke immersion more than it helped build the immersion. Star Citizen, on the other hand, every little detail, and, and you named it, sitting down. I was stunned watching a video and I saw somebody lay on their stomach to crawl through something. I was like, whoa, you can do that in that game? I thought that was like too hard. It's just all these little things that players that have been playing it for so many years take for granted that elite dangerous players look at it and we're drooling. And then on the other side of that, elite dangerous players are looking at everything that CIG is doing right now. And there's just, there's, they're talking about the content they're going to add. There's schedules for it. There's patches every quarter. There's smaller patches in between. And for on elite danger, we've been dreaming about content like that. And I've never seen it the whole time I've been playing elite all my 4,000 hours. I've never seen content dripped that quickly or that much. And I, I, I don't think I'll ever get sick of it. Really. It's, it's so refreshing to see. And I know I'm new to the game and everything, but. I think a lot of it is they've been in it so long. They just, they, they don't stop and smell the roses anymore. They take a lot of the little things that are so amazing to everybody else for granted. I want to shout out commander codex necro necro 81 at black sky legion as a long time player, elite dangerous player and recent elite dangerous refugee and star citizen. I find the most striking difference, the possibility to do bounties for a living. I, legitimately wrote up a long post on the forums over a year ago you know frontier highlighted it and said this was a great thing and then later killed the thread and i said like we yeah put in the ability for your player base your pvp minded players to hunt down your bad actors and that would be a massive incentive and a very cool gameplay feature and as with everything else, Frontier has sort of dropped the ball on it. Wolf. I'm going to robot bad. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So that let's. That kind of gameplay, Kai, that, that kind of gameplay, real quick, that bounty, the player bounty, that's the kind of gameplay that to me, that once you're done with all the grinds and you're done with all that you've made your money, you've got your ships, and I'm not saying grinds in Star Citizen per se, but. But you have all the stuff you want, and you're like, okay, what do I do now? That kind of, I can be a bounty hunter and go after player bounties is the kind of gameplay that could keep you going forever. That, yeah. That's emergent, actual stuff to do. And, yeah, we've been banging the drum for to, to do that kind of thing for a long time on this show. I well, know. I mean, just to clarify, Star Citizen has grinds. No Man's Sky has grinds. Every game has grinds. The difference, though, I think the Star Citizen grinds, I find them to be much more enjoyable and much more sort of you're free to do this or that or the other. Like they give you multiple ways to play your way and have fun with it as opposed to certain elite grinds are very you're locked into one specific thing and you have to do this weird gameplay loop where you're like logging in and logging out and logging in. and like That's just it's two different two different things and i i i think yeah absolutely your grind can be sort of like the the grind in no man's sky they just made all of it fun and like okay and and star citizen seems to be going way more in that direction than the 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 elite model katie 
yeah so they, they yeah they you know there is there is obviously the grind for for credits in star system absolutely but it, it's a grind that makes a logical sense as well like realistically speaking if there's demand for anything there will be a market for it someone will be making money off of it and in elite the idea behind a lot of the materials that you can't buy them like iron scrap metal that kind of stuff is it's you know it, it doesn't really make, make a lot of sense um but also the this as as we um touched on there um the it feels like frontier have always wanted to avoid emergent gameplay where possible they they want they want to be the prescribed gameplay um only and and the amount of situations and and little adventures that we've had in star system are just based on having to come up with an emergent solution to some weird problem that we've come up against or or something and and the Having the tools to do that, having the ability to improvise in ways that, that are not necessarily the way that the developers expect is incredible. Like Twig said, it's gameplay that you could probably you could probably play forever. And we're not as the elite community are not used to that. Like the elite community find these things, these little details incredible because we're not, we're not used to that. Absolutely. We're loving what we find over here on this side of the fence. All right. That takes us to the next discussion topic for Star Citizen, which is going to be uh, Uncle Kai is going to break down to you for you a couple of the terms that you might be hearing a lot in reference to Star Citizen. And like, let's just take a moment and explain what they are so people know. Uh, right off the bat, I'm going to explain the terms for OCS, which is Object Container Streaming, Entity Graph, iCache, and Server Meshing, the two types, static and dynamic. So what is OCS or object container streaming so in world of warcraft as an example every player is you know uh, you, you have sort of zones which are areas in the map you have players or characters which could be players or npcs and then you have items and items go in just designated slots you have whatever 80 slots of inventory that is your stuff and it's just all very linear and very sort of very simplistic of it's just one level deep not so with um uh star citizen star citizen uh has multiple levels of things and things stream in and out of existence and as a result of this they're able to get around having to have load screens you have one load screen in star citizen when you load into the game that's it after that, unlike Elite Dangerous, where you load in, you know, from space, you go into a planet, you go into super crew or, or glide, whatever, your, your, your descent glide. That's a load screen to bring you from the outer space to the inner space of the planet's atmosphere or, or, or near planetary area, because not all planets have atmospheres. Then you request docking and you go and you dock. That's a load screen that takes you from the in the air bit to on the ground bit then you uh go into the hangar and you click the button to say i want to leave my ship and you fade to black and you you know you're roofied and you wake up outside standing in a blue glowing circle that is a load screen that takes you into from being a ship to being a person then you run over to the elevators um get in an elevator and go up to the concourse. That is a load screen that takes you to the 
concourse area where you can buy stuff and do stuff, whatever. You know, when you interact with a shopkeep and you click the button, it, you know, the screen sort of goes black for a second and it brings up the stuff that is a load screen for dealing with that guy. So you have load screens everywhere. Star Citizen says, we don't want to do that. We're going to do something different. They do instead object container streaming. But it's very, very tricky because let's take an object as an example. I have a bullet. Okay, I may have many bullets, but that bullet is an object. It is one specific thing. That bullet is in a container, which is a magazine. That magazine is an object in and of itself, and it's in a container, which is my pistol. The pistol is an object in and of itself, which is in a container, which is a holster attached to my pants. The pants are an object in and of themselves, which are in a container, which is me, my character. So the, for purposes of the server, it says that, you know, my character is an object or a container rather that has multiple objects. It has my helmet, my shirt, my pants, my boots. And those things, my shirt or, 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 or chest, whatever you want to call it, your chest piece is a container which has your backpack that has shit in it. Your pants are a container that has, you know, your hip, hip, uh, uh, um, whatchamacallit, uh, 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 holster, you know, um, etc. So I am an object and a container. I am a container that holds all of my equipment and... I am an object, which is inside the container, which is my cockpit of my Mercury Star Runner. Okay, cockpit is one of like whatever 12, 15 rooms. However, the server breaks down what they call the different areas. It's like okay, the the hab area, the cockpit area, the the uh, cargo area, the uh, you know engine room area, the secret container. All of those are containers. Those are rooms that can have stuff in them, but they are also objects which exist within the container of the ship, the Mercury Star Runner. The Mercury Star Runner is an object within the container of Hangar 12. Hangar 12 is an object within the container of Platform 4. Platform 4 is an object within the container of uh, Orison. Orison is an object in the container of Crusader. Crusader is an object in the container of Stanton. Stanton is an object in the container of the verse, the galaxy. So in that sense, we just took a bullet and went like 15 levels deep of the bullet exists inside of the the you know the magazine, the magazine in the gun, the gun in the pants, the pants in me, me in the cockpit, the cockpit in the ship, the ship in the hangar, the hangar in the platform, the platform in the city, the city in the planet, the planet in the system, the system in the galaxy. Holy shit. All of that for a bullet. That's what object container streaming is. So all of these things are granted their own sort of aspect and they are streamed in and out of the game when needed. Now, what is the entity graft? The simple way, I'm going to just, I'm not a smart man. I'm going to say this in a simple way because, you know, that way it'll help people, I think. Uh, the entity graft is God slash the spreadsheet that keeps track of all this shit. Now, 
The entity graph is broken up into thousands of columns from the CIG side, but we'll never see any of that. For the purposes of players, let's dumb it down and say, everything in the entity graph is in two columns. Stuff that is, and stuff that is tracked conceptually. Stuff that is, is things that the computer, the servers, the all of the game has to track every aspect of it because it's a physicalized item. Stuff that is tracked is just data that the server doesn't really have to deal with. So when I log into the game, I go from being stuff that is tracked, as in my character, which is just a ledger somewhere in a, in a data field, to being, okay, now we got to put Kai in the game because Kai is logged on. And as soon as I log off, it yanks me out of existence. I cease to exist in the universe, and it throws me into a spreadsheet of shit that they're keeping track of for when they need it, but they don't need it now. And that's the only way you can make something this big work. You have to constantly be yanking shit from concept to existence and back as you need it. Because if you just have everything all the time, your servers would be mud. They would never get anything done because it's too much shit to keep track of, period. So that is the entity graph. iCache. What is iCache? It's just a fancy way of saying a thousand different tools that make the process of moving shit from column A to column B fast. So if you don't have iCache, then every time I say, well, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to spawn my ship, it's going to take longer to get because it's got to go digging through all of the stuff it's keeping track of and say, okay, let's move this ship, let's move this Mercury Star Runner from just shit that we're keeping track of to shit that actually exists someplace in the, in the galaxy. And you need, it, you need a hundred different types of tools to make that process go fast. All of that together is just iCache. And lastly, server meshing. Okay, well, there's two kinds of server meshing. There's static server meshing, which everybody has, and there's dynamic server meshing. Static server meshing is just our servers talk to each other. So from the World of Warcraft standpoint, that's like I go from Stormwind to Ironforge. I take the train, okay? At some point on that train, you have the load screen, and you switch from loading out of the iron or storm wind uh, uh, city. It loads you out of that and it loads you into the iron forge city. That's server meshing. That's those two servers talking to each other and sending data from one to the other. Every game has that. That's no big deal. Except Star Citizen does it different than any other game because they say, how about we do it without a load screen? I'm going to the hospital with my wife, who's pregnant, and we've looked into it, and we've decided this whole uh, delivery, this whole, uh, I forgot, what, the, what what is the term for it when you go to uh, labor? We've decided labor, that doesn't sound fun. That's hours and hours of sitting around, and it seems painful, and we've got shit to do later today. So instead of doing that labor process, instead of doing a load screen to get between server A and server B, let's use some magic shit to make it happen sort of instantly. So you just walk through the, the door and it's like, hey, I'm here with my wife and she's pregnant. And then you just turn around and walk right back out the door instantly. Your wife's no longer pregnant and you've got a beautiful clean baby all wrapped up. That is some way complicated shit that I could talk for an hour and not properly explain. And I'm not smart enough to really understand it. So yeah, I'm just gonna tell you, 
while everybody has server meshing, static server meshing, Star Citizen does it in a way that is 50 times more complicated and expensive and brilliant and whatever than anyone else. And holy shit, that's why it took so long to get sort of figured out. That's static server meshing. What is dynamic server meshing? Okay, static server meshing says, okay, if we're going to jump from the Stanton system to the Pyro system, that's obviously two separate servers. You're going to move from A to B. But what dynamic server meshing does, it says, let's let the computer, let's let the entity graph that keeps track of all of this shit, let's let the god of this game Decide for itself how big those servers should be. So on a standard day, if you have, you know, however many hundreds of people in Stanton and a similar hundreds numbers of people in Pyros, okay, it makes sense to have Stanton as one server and Pyros as another. And, 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 you know, yeah, they're about equal. But when it's Invictus Fleet Week or whatever and... Three quarters of the entire population of the game is in one goddamn room. It's just sitting here at that big, you know, floor room event hall, expo hall or whatever, and looking at all of the new oohs and ahs. And it's like, okay, we have, instead of having 500 people in system A and 500 people in system B, we've got three system, three people in system B and 497 people in not even just system A, but in one room of system A. Well, then your computer in the background takes all of that into account and says, let's spin up eight servers we need or however many we need to cover just all of that traffic that happens to be, for whatever reason, right now focused in one spot. And you might say, oh, well, who cares about, you know, Invictus or, or this or that or the other? Okay, that's fine. But... When you hear about these massive battles in EVE where all of these people are, are in some huge super battle and how the servers chug along and fail and they have issues and all the problems, ideally, with this dynamic server meshing, we could someday see a massive battle with javelins and idrises and, and hammerheads and, and, and Perseuses and, and, and just, just, just all of this stuff in one huge orgy of violence and the dynamic server meshing will make sure, Hey man, all of the load is in one spot. Let's spin up tons of extra servers in that one spot to keep this shit moving. Let's let this be good. So yeah, that's object container streaming or OCS, entity graft, iCache, and server meshing, both static and dynamic, from the standpoint of an idiot trying to explain it in small words to other people so that hopefully you'll understand it. And later on, when you see stuff like people talk about, oh, that's an object container streaming deliverable now you'll know like oh i know what that is they're talking about how they yoink shit from a to b and put it you know stream it in stream is just another way of saying load but without a load screen it's all instant it's all happening it's instead of just you get to a wall that's the load screen for the next uh zone in other games now it's like no it's constantly streaming it's loading things in and out of the game millions of interactions a second that are happening at the speed of 
you know, computer genius shit that you won't even notice it. It's a fraction of a second. You never know. So I hope that that sort of explained some stuff for you guys. Um, people of the cast crew, do you have any questions or anything that you'd like to add on that? I think he did a really good job of explaining that. You know, I think that was that was comprehensive yet understandable. Um, yeah, nice job. All right, cool. That takes. I hope they pack up. And all hail, hope... all hail CIG, because amazing things. <laughs> right on, tweak. Go ahead, uh, Wolf. I really hope they package up that tech and sell it to other game companies because oh, that is a paradigm shift, and it will be worth every single nickel i've been saying for a while i think we're gonna see star citizen i think we're gonna see uh uh squadron 42 launch maybe 2022 like christmas 2022 whatever i think we're gonna see star citizen launch 2024 and i think that you're gonna be hearing news stories in 2024 2025 about um you know this game or that game and now it's going to be hey it's using all of this tech to create you know pirates in the 1800s on you know sailing ship sid meyer style or all of this tech and it's going to be like star citizen but cowboys red dead 2 you know themed or star citizen but samurais or star citizen but i i don't know whatever any kind of uh, all these different genres you're going to see them start to license out this tech and I think you're also going to see them make a ton of money off of that. And I think you're going to see Chris Roberts take that money and keep plowing it into Star Citizen. Those people that say as a shitty meme to be assholes, oh, Star Citizen is never going to be done. They're right, but they're just wrong in why they're saying it. I think Star Citizen is never going to be done because I think while it's going to launch in 2024, 2025, I think it is going to be a continual passion projects of Chris Roberts and, and the crew where they're going to just keep taking all of this money that they make and throwing it in and throwing it in. And, you know, the thing that Chris Roberts is guilty of is he tinkers and tinkers and never wants to let it go. Um, what you're describing is the perfect guy to run a living service game. I want Star Citizen to be like Eve. We're 20 years in. We're still talking about the new shit that's happening with it. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I want all of the things. I want them to make tons of money and I want them to spend most, if not all of that money. I want them to have a good life. Yeah, buy, buy yourself a nice car and a big house and put your kids in a good school and then take all of that extra billions of dollars and give us new ships, give us new galaxies, give us new, new systems, give us new gameplay loops. Let Chris Roberts tinker on this for the next 50 fucking years years i'll be happy and i'll be playing all of it that takes us to it's the no man's sky news weekly take it away kai all right we're gonna make this week's no man's skies news weekly very very short because we've just been having so much stuff to talk about in the other two games uh and it's just you know hey we we love no man's sky we're still waiting any moment now i'm telling you this week next week something it's gonna drop soon they're they're at the point where it's like everyone in the community is saying when is it gonna be is it gonna be tomorrow or is it gonna be in august but like nobody's thinking 
oh, there's nothing happening right now. Everybody's like, we're on the cusp of something. But I do want to take a moment to hit on my friends Katie and Wolf, who uh, had a little had a little interesting some interesting experiences in No Man's Sky this week. Katie, why don't you start, and then Wolf take it away? Yeah, certainly. So um, Kai has been very very much enjoying No Man's Sky the past couple of weeks, like like to the point where there were days where we couldn't get him away from No Man's Sky. So. I decided, um, you know, we, we, we talk about No Man's Sky on the show. It was time for me to start playing. And I was very fortunate to have Kai jump on with me for a couple of hours and just take me through the initial stages and, you know, getting through the kind of the tutorial phase, if you will. And at first, there was obviously like the hurdle of not knowing what you're doing, of having to get used to a lot of stuff. And um, But as... I got further and further into it and I started to understand the things that were happening and I, you know, was able to kind of think, oh, well, oh, I need, I need this resource. Oh, the blue crystals. That's why I go for that. Or these little stubby things where I get my, my ferrite, ferrite powder. And, um, I really started to enjoy it. I really did. And I started to unlock the, the tools, like the, uh, the, the, the proper mining gun and everything. And, um, and once, once we got to the point where, you can start to be creative where you can start to build things. Oh yeah. I was hooked at that point. I'm actually genuinely looking forward to playing more and seeing what, what kind of creative projects I can undertake within the game. Um, and I also got to see, Kai, <laughs> I also got to see Kai battling with a hell of a lot of those little sentinel things and the, the, the walkers and, and all sorts of things. Cause they just wouldn't leave them alone. <laughs> So I'm I'm a I'm gonna be straight up with it. I was not interested in No Man's Sky at all. To the point of I was given the game and said, here, play it. It'll be amazing. I dragged my feet and I dragged my feet and I finally jumped in. First thing I did was uh, realized, oh, this is kind of like Minecraft. Well, I'm going to do that for a bit. And ended up 8,000 steps away from the starter ship with none of the tutorial stuff really done. Uh, luckily, uh, Control Don came to my rescue, uh, found my ship, guided me back to it, and then I got started on the game. Um, I have over 20 hours in the game over just a handful of play sessions. I didn't realize how much I played that game. It's fantastic. Uh, everything I thought that I would hate about the game just evaporates away. It's just, it's fun. Hell yes. And uh, I showed you uh, the, I shared with both of you guys the uh, Survival Bob uh, video with stuff. And I helped Wolf out with a little, I threw him some cobalt. Get them started, and uh, we're, I'm going to do the same with Katie at some point this weekend. And uh, it's just it, it, it's just so so much fun. It's like there's times where you want to play Star Citizen or Elite, and you want to sort of focus and and have a whole whatever. And then there's times where just like I think I look at Star Citizen or Elite kind of like. Um, like, oh, I'm watching Game of Thrones 
you know, or I'm watching The Expanse where it's like focus on the screen, watch for all the little hints and the subtle whatever. It's like this is it's enjoyable, but it's intense and you're focused on it. No Man's Sky is like it's it's like dude, it's like just watching something that is very mindless and very fun and very not not mindless in a bad way. I mean that in the best possible way of like I am totally relaxed and just along for the ride. And then you look up and go, "Oh, where did the last 8 hours go?" So much fun. Uh, Katie. Yeah, I I definitely I'm 100% agree with what you just said then that um I I almost feel like like no Man's Sky is not competing with something like Star Citizen, for example, because it is an entirely different experience. Uh, mm-hmm. They're both enjoyable in different ways. So I have certainly have found that, like No Man's Sky, is a very relaxing game. Um, it, 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 at least with my experience of the game so far, it's like you have to collect things, so you have to go around and gather materials to do things. But it's all like immediately there. Like it's all like you just got to go, like the, st- the stuff you need to collect is everywhere so it's like you can just walk a few meters and you'll find the kind of plant that you need or you'll find the the crystals that you need or whatever and on top of that the visual style i I, i'm gonna be honest when i first loaded in i thought i'm not gonna enjoy this because it (laughs) because initially like the first time you see the game after coming from something like star citizen you kind of think well until until you you explore a little and you see some of the vistas and the color combinations and mm-hmm. it's it's so I don't want to say psychedelic but it's of that that nature where it's it's it has a very very distinct and and unique art style um, that is is very very appealing if you give it a chance if you, if you go and you see a few things and, and you get yourself into the the right mindset for it. It is very, very good. Oh, yeah. I feel like Star Citizen is a $3,000 bottle of wine. And they're like, that's just, you cannot compete with that for how amazing it is. But there are some times where you really want just a, hey, man, this is an $8 beer that is delicious. And there are some days that you're going to want that bottle of wine. But there are other days that you're just going to want to sit back and enjoy the beer. Well, it's like you said, the the, the Star Citizen is, is like the Expanse of Game of Thrones. Um, and No Man's Sky is like The Office or Arrested Development or something. So you can you can watch if you want to. You can have it on the background if you want to. You, you're enjoying it, you know, just as much. You know, it, it's fun. and and But it doesn't require as much focus as something like the Star Citizen. Where, like you said, you have to you have to pay attention. You have to be focused. And um, I guess, I mean, to me, it... it no Man's Sky, the 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 play style of it reminds me a lot of something like Minecraft, for example. You know, where you you can be creative and you can go in and relax. You can go and take insights and explore a little bit. Um, it isn't it isn't like like you said before with the flight model. Like there isn't really much of a flight model, but it's not trying to be that. That's mm-hmm. not what it's aiming for. You know, um, what it is aiming for, it does exceptionally well. I feel like that's another lesson that Elite can learn. In that, like, maybe don't try to be Star Citizen. Like, the Odyssey expansion was 
okay, here's the legs and here's the this. And, and there's a lot of, if you look at inside of the concourse, a lot of the design in the bar or whatever, sort of looks very reminiscent of Star Citizen. And it seems like they were like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to do Star Citizen 2. And it's like, don't, don't, don't do that. You're, you're not good at that. What you need to do is you need to do what you do, which is like embrace the exploration and the great galaxy model. Embrace, take the grind out and put in fun game loops of, you know, don't try. No Man's Sky isn't trying to be Star Citizen early. It's just being the best No Man's Sky it can be. And holy fuck, is that more than good enough? That's amazing. Okay. Uh, I feel like we've hit up the No Man's Sky stuff. I'm going to throw out one last thing for anybody out there in the community or if somehow you hear this, uh, Survival Bob, I fucking love that guy. I would love to have him come on and talk some No Man's Sky with us sometime. We could maybe even pre-record a thing. Uh, uh, Jason plays Survival Bob. Uh, even we could get together uh, and do a little No Man's Sky talk with, uh, with uh, Hawks. Um, would love to see some stuff. Um, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Wolf, before we close this one out. Yeah, watching Survival of Bob's videos, it it's a fire hose. Like you're gonna have to sit back and like replay it a couple times in a few places where he's going over something nuanced, but it is one to one. Like, you wanna do this? Here's how you do it. And here's a whole video of a whole bunch of other stuff you need to know too. Or not, you can watch this other video. Like his content is fantastic. Absolutely. All right, that takes us to Elite News Weekly. Um, right off the bat, we're going to start off with... It's the Dark Will Update. Take it away, Wolf. You say that just as my Discord page with that information crashed. Give me one second. Sure. <clears throat> so, with the Dark Will, we've been moving on with our expansion and we're prepping uh the systems to keep things keep things rolling along you ready wolf yep okay so um last thing up ahead in the orders uh we just finished expanding from frolock we went to bd tac 183106 there's nobody there but us dark wheelers so we're gonna take it over and uh make it one of our own and plant the flag on the system uh there's a three-day cool-off, and it looks like Nine Puppets is going to be the one that wants to go high. So we're just going to hyper-expand and keep them rolling and take the dark wheel wherever it's going to go. And maybe with some luck here in a month, we might get some information as to maybe where to push it. I don't know. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hope, hope. But not too much. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that. Um, next up, let's talk about the Burr Pit put out a video uh, just yesterday, um, Elite Dangerous Odyssey patch six and developer update number two with all kinds of information on that. Let's talk, let's take a moment because we were slammed uh, the other week. Let's talk about the last episode of Sag Eye uh, that came out about a week ago. Um, I, I, we, again, they're on pause now undetermined if that's permanent or if they will be back but the latest episode was amazing 
they have a whole in-depth talk about how fleet carriers operate as tour ships now, and they put it in the historical context of the ocean liners of old, you know, everything from the Titanic to the QE2. And they talk about how, you know, ocean liners worked for a while and how now roll-on, roll-off ships, you know, go across the Atlantic and the Pacific, bringing tons of cars and goods and whatever from, from one continent to another. And sort of the way that fleet carriers operate in a similar way to to move people and ships uh, from one area of space to the other. Specifically, they focus a lot on the existing uh, trade or, 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 or travel routes from the bubble to Colonia and back. Really good stuff. There's uh, a section on theories about the Thargoid homeworld. There's a very cool section about the assault rifles where they sort of compare and contrast the Karma AR-50, the TK Aphelion, uh, the Karma, which is the kinetic rifle, the TK Aphelion, which is the laser rifle, and the Manticore Oppressor, which is the plasma rifle. Um, they have uh, a talk about an SLF, uh, you know, review. They talk about the different types of SLFs and their strengths and weaknesses. An amazing uh, tribute and section on the hull seals. Um, it is just phenomenal stuff. Uh, I definitely pray that uh, Sagai makes its way back. Uh, but in the meantime, there are many, many episodes uh, in the high 30s of episodes for you guys to go back if you have not checked out Sagai Magazine. Uh, they do a magazine and a podcast, and they are both amazing. And you should go and read, like, Go through all of their old ones and listen to them, and it will spike, spark a love affair with uh, Elite Dangerous, I, I guarantee you. Uh, why don't we hit up Tweak's console corner? Go for it, Tweak. All right. Well, I've been getting into some conversations <laughs> this week that kind of surprised me. And so, including two of our very own cast members here, <clears throat> Kai, Katie, <clears throat> Most of the people I thought at this point had already played the Mass Effect trilogy. No, we're going to forget about Andromeda. We won't talk about that right now. I'm talking Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, which was recently released in the Legendary Edition, which has all of the DLC that was ever released with it, all of the extras that came with the DLC, all that kind of stuff. It's all there in the one package, and it's wonderfully done. Now, why should you play Mass Effect, I mean, I, I will tell you this. Before I discovered Elite Dangerous, I was playing Mass Effect basically on a loop. It is still to this day, and I've been playing video games since the Atari 2600, Space Invaders, and Pac-Man. The Mass Effect trilogy, which I refer to as one game, is my number one favorite video game of all time, period. Why is that? Because the story holds up to any story in any medium. You look at books, you look at movies, other than the original Star Wars trilogy, I would put the, the, the Mass Effect trilogy up against any of them. Star Trek, uh, you name it, any of them. Babylon 5, Firefly, I love all that stuff, but Mass Effect is above that for story-wise. You want deep lore, deep knowledge of the history of the systems of the different alien, I mean, there's dozens of different alien races there's a codex that is so deep that you can literally learn the history of everything you want to. If you go into the codex, you read it, you read the little laptops that you find, stuff like that. 
the story itself, the game itself is set up so that some of it is cinematic. So you have like decision wheels where you make a decision on what to say. You have to make some decisions that are quite frankly, uh, they'll test your, your morale or not your morale, but your, uh, uh, you know, whether you're a good guy or a bad guy, they'll, they'll actually make you make some decisions that make you scratch your head and go, geez, I don't know if I can do that. And, and it goes so smoothly from those cinematic scenes to the action scenes where you're in a gunfight and you're shooting the bad guys or doing whatever. It, it, the, they go back and forth so smoothly that it feels like you're playing your favorite movie. The best thing about these games, though, and the one thing that the people that haven't played it don't seem to understand is the decisions that you make, the conversations, the choices that you make in Mass Effect 1 import to Mass Effect 2. And your story starts out depending on what you did in the first game. And likewise, all of those import into Part 3. So... Essentially, if you save a side character in part one, that character can come back in part three and be a major asset to the story. <clears throat> Vice versa, if somebody dies in part one, you don't have them in part three. I've literally played this trilogy dozens of times, and I'm still finding new things because I'm making different decisions. I'm, I'm just doing different things here and there, and it's amazing to me that after all this time playing the game, I still find content that i've never found before it's amazing to me it's so deep the story is unmatched the, the, this this is the best single player game i've ever played couldn't suggest <laughs> and by the way it is on sale on steam right now beautiful and xbox for that matter but beautiful that is fantastic stuff all right uh that takes us to the frontier news section we got a lot to talk about this week. So right off the bat, first, we had Developer Update 2. And in Developer Update 2, um, Art posted on, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, let's see here, on Monday, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, he posted, uh, hey, here is some stuff that's happening. We're... Um, and then it runs through a list of things to like be looking for. Now, right off the bat, I want to mention and, and remind everyone of the fact that we were told in early June that the first sort of issue that they were going to deal with was the issue tracker. They know that the issue tracker is broke, and as long as the issue tracker is broke, it throws off everything else. And so that's their number one priority was to sort of get that resolved and that they plan to have a fix and further information on it by the end of June. We are now at the end of July, and they have not mentioned it ever again. So I'm just going to remind everyone in the community of the fact that fixing that issue tracker should be job one because that's what everything else flows from. In addition to that, um, they say that they've got some changes in Update 6, which will be addressing lighting issues. They have some changes with regard to degraded terrain features that they're going to be working on. They're going to be trying to increase the FPS performance in Odyssey. Um, they're going to be fixing some stuff with canisters that get stuck in the mega ship. This is a big one. They're going to be fixing, and we're going to get to that in a minute. 
Highford's cache. They're going to be fixing that uh, uh, scannable data port. Um, and then some like other fixes and this, that, and the other. And then they say, you know, upcoming updates and content. And they show some pictures of some pretty colors of planets. They're like, ooh, look at the colors of these planets. These are prettier. And I admit, they, the pictures, at least, that they showed, they, they do look pretty. They're very cool, pretty, pretty uh, colors. Um, then they show some um, different uh, sort of areas and, and different things that they're going to work on. And then they say feature updates. Some feature updates that are coming. Number one, four-player multi-crew. So they're adding some seats to some of the ships at some point. That didn't happen yet, but at some point they're going to add some seats to some of the ships. I'm not sure I'd call that a feature. I'd probably call that a quality of life issue, but all right, whatever. They're going to add some new Odyssey engineers in Colonia. Okay, again, I think that's quality of life, but okay. They're going to add some air defense turrets in conflict zones. And I'm going to put this with another one, uh, which is they're going to add some like missile guys to certain bases. Now, this one here, I want to just hit it head on. This is a step in the wrong direction. Um... Basically, what the community has been telling them all along is, hey, guys, there's too much grind in Odyssey. It's not fun. And what they have decided to do is to double down and say, we're going to make it harder to do stuff in the grind. Because so one of the very few things that I've been hearing from people that were having fun with it is, Oh my God, I drove through with my SRV and took out the whole base and it was so silly and stupid and fun. And that was actually fun. I got to murder a bunch of the people. And the other thing is like, oh my God, what's really cool, what's a fun loop is taking your ship to a base and just lighting it up and taking all of this shit. And what Frontier has heard is, hey, there's way too much grind in this stuff, but the cool things that we have been doing on the basis is just overpowering the shit out of them and being silly with our SRVs and our ships. And they've said, right, we've heard you. We're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to take out the fun of being able to overpower the shit with your ship and your SRV, and we're going to leave all the grind. Oof. Come on, guys. Um, increased stored module capacity and bookmark numbers. This is a thing we've been asking for for years. This is not in any way a feature. These are not new features to the game. These are 100% quality of life issues. To give you an example, a feature to add to the game would be, oh, I don't know, mining in your SRV or mining on foot. That would be a feature. A feature would be, if they did something to add hacking and make it like a viable, playable thing in the game, as opposed to just apply e-breach and you win. A feature would be, hey guys, this whole plant mini game of you just show up and you scan it and you point and click and it's auto win. 
we've decided to put in a meaningful gameplay like loop where some you do something and and it's fun. A feature would be we have put in some kind of cool FPS thing you can do or some cool cave exploration or some cool uh, you know, the salvaging that right now is just walk up to a box, cut it open with your little laser saw, and then take out three things that are just, it's point and click, and it's the size of a lunchbox. It's like, there's no there's no thought, there's no gameplay, there's no, hey man, do this right, or you'll explode it, and, and you could kill yourself, or do this right, or you'll damage the components, and now, what, it's no, it's just point and click. There's the thing, I click it, I win. That is what you see in Flash games that you play through, you know, uh, Internet Explorer or Google Chrome. Point and click. That is bad. That is not, you know, whatever. So adding features to the game would be we added new ships. We added new SRVs. We added caves. We added fun salvage gameplay we added fun exploration gameplay we added fun combat game we added some fun stuff what they're saying is we don't have any of that so have bookmarks and storage modules oh but by the way they'll come at some point in the near future but not now those are quality of life issues those aren't features Mission feature extensions. We will be expanding mission features for Odyssey with the aim to increase mission diversity and also create stronger links between in-cockpit and on-foot game. Okay. I would feel a little more comfortable if you finish that sentence in a proper way that's a sentence, like on-foot game play. Like, you didn't even bother to think through the sentence. But, okay, fine. If that is a thing that they're going to do, that legitimately could be a feature. I, I won't believe it until I see it. I want to see it in action. But that theoretically is a feature. Apex redirect. That's not a feature. That's quality of life issue. They had too many places where you can get stuck because they let an Apex taxi go to a planet that it won't let you out on because it's too hot or the temper or the, 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 the too cold or the gravity's too high. But once you land, you can't do anything other than get out so people were stuck and they had to contact customer support to literally physically like shift them on the server back to where they took off from or whatever that's fixing a bug or fixing a quality of life issue that's not a feature telling a taxi don't go to a go to b that's not a game feature guys if that's what you're calling game features aim a little higher so that is the Mm, review of development update two. Uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to just jump to the next thing, which is the patch itself. And then we're going to open it up to the crew to comment on both. So the next thing was the patch six link is in the show notes for that. And that gives the details of what they actually brought now, which by the way is, is not the, extra seats not the extra mission things not the extra module storage slots not the extra bookmarks not the changing this or that um what they actually did in audit patch six was number one uh under sort of they said hey look we've got these planets 
now are pretty colors. Okay. Um, you now have an option to buy a module and store it right away instead of installing it on the ship. Okay. Camera suite rework. So what they were having before was the camera would black out when it got to a spot. The way that they fixed it isn't to make it stop doing that so that you can zoom your camera around and get a beautiful panoramic shot. The way they did it is instead of getting, when you get to the point where the camera would black out, you just hit an invisible wall and your camera stops. I, I guess it's better. I mean, come on, that what people were asking for was to move the camera around to get the full panoramic shot, to pan around a 360 view of my fleet carrier to get a beautiful shot that I could use for a graphic. Now it's, you can pan around till you get to the point where you would black out and then you just hit an invisible wall and you're stuck. The As far as the upgrades to the graphic stuff, it, it's not upgrades that they fixed they literally just added whereas before you had amd uh cas cas now you have amd super resolution the full it's the full integration of it so they're literally just saying hey we turned on the ability for you to use amd's workaround to super sample to get better imagery okay we added Rocket troops to settlements so that you can't have as much fun with your SRV anymore. Um, a fix has been added to implement some invisible scattered rocks. We've heard from multiple people that there's, that's still a thing. So maybe they fixed some of it, but it's still a thing. Ship ammo no longer is automatically reloaded when you go into super cruise. Okay. We've done a thing to make it a little less fun. But like, I get it. Okay, fine. That's whatever. Um, and then the one honestly in all of this the one cool thing that I'm super excited for that I saw in there let's bring it up right there on the screen you will see uh, this is sort of the one thing from 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 this that I'm like uh I'm 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 super duper excited for. So Heisford Cash, there's a story, there's a weird story that had alluded to some stuff that it might be some hints about Raxla stuff, that it might be some hints about Thargoid stuff, that it's like, oh, there's this cool, weird story of this guy that like is running and he went out to Colonia. He was running away to get out to Colonia because he, you know, they were after him because he had the inside scoop on shit. And he crashed. His Type 9 crashed. And it was put into the game four years ago. And the whole time, there's been nothing in, uh, you know, sort of... The, like, from four years, you would get there, you would go to scan it, and the thing was broken. And everybody was like, but this is the thing that has hints on maybe Raxla, maybe Thargoid, but super, some big, super mystery. And for four years, it's been nothing. And we people have been asked, they've opened tickets repeatedly, they've gone on the forums, they've harassed uh, community managers, and said like, hey, when are you going to fix this? It's been in every stream. They've been, when are you going to fix this? When are you going to fix They fix it. 
they added the thing. You can now scan it. People who don't want to know because of spoilers, like, uh, mute for a minute. But here you go. Initializing. Power check. Okay. Diagnostic check. Okay. System check. Warning. System has detected override by ID HYF0167T-A. Phase 1. Dormant. 50 months concluded. Yeah, that's how long we've been waiting for this. 50 months. Phase 2. Timer. August 26, 3307. Ongoing. So, something, according to this scan, this message, something big is going to happen on August 26th of this year. The day after my birthday. Next month. End of next month. Because my birthday's on the 25th and Frontier's giving me a birthday present because they love me so much. They're like, hey Kai, something's going to happen with the story. Or not. Let's be honest. It's Frontier. Maybe something will happen. Maybe nothing will happen. But on August 26th, we'll know. And if something cool happens... On August 26th, I will be so happy. I would love for um, just, just, I, w- I would love to see, you know, something that leads to a, a, an update of some form in the Raxla storyline or in the Thargoids. E- either way, I'm super, super psyched. Um, the last thing I'm going to say on, on the, the patch that dropped... Uh, yesterday is I asked Alec Turner because uh, I had heard a rumor from somebody that said, hey man, uh, it looks like Pamesh got fixed. It looks like Pamesh is back. It's going to be cool. And I asked Alec, I was like, hey, Alec, your thoughts on Pamesh? And he said, it's still shite. Uh, they fixed the color. They put the color back, so that's cool. But it's not what it was. It's not. It's not. So uh factor that in i guess with your your thoughts with regard to uh pamesh all right let's go around the crew let's start with tweak this time all right there's a lot of stuff there the the dev post yeah okay it was a little better than the first one but that's not a very high bar let's be fair and you nailed it the 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 bookmarks the added module storage that's the kind of thing that they could have so easily done in the past three, four years that we've all been begging them to do it. I mean, that that's not, that's not, you said it, it's not a freaking feature. That's a quality of life. A feature would be a new gameplay loop, something fun to do. That's quality of life that they could have added, not just to Odyssey, but they could add that to Horizons on console today if they wanted to on a, on a or last night on a Thursday tick update. It's, it's ridiculous what they're trying to do. It's, it's we promise. It's more we promise. It's going to get better in the future. Just stick with us. Now, as far as the actual patch, I'm I'm a little intrigued. I'm confused by this one, and I kind of feel like I want to see it for myself at some point because I'm hearing different things from different people. Some people are saying their FPS is better. Some people are saying it's worse. Some people are saying that the planets look better some people are saying that nah, doesn't really look any different so it's hard to say if the patch actually helped at all at this point i think as far as the possible story that they're teasing i'll i'll preface this by saying unless it's on the ground combat with thargoids i don't know what it could possibly be that would be interesting that would 
that would be something that you could do that would allow gameplay? What could it possibly be? Another mega ship shows up that you go fly around and scan or something? Uh, I don't think Raxler is going to appear. I don't think anything else is really major going to happen. I do believe, reading between the lines, that they pretty much told us that they are not holding content back, waiting for console anymore. So at some point, I presume the FPS with Argoids is going to happen. Maybe this is the trigger for it. I don't know. I tend to believe, like everything else that FDev has done, it's here's this cool story that we could do something fun with, and then it's just it's it's either terribly under delivered and disappointing, or nothing at all happens in the end, and and that's what I think is going to happen with this. I I'll have to see it to believe it. Okay, Katie. <laughs> say that with such trepidation um so i I, what tweak just said then about the the uh, increase of the uh, module storage um honestly i it it, it almost makes me angry that they're flouting that as the feature because again like you say we have been begging them for this for years and it's it's literally they they change a a number somewhere that's it and they've been stubbornly holding out making people go through this goddamn stupid um um process of having to buy ships just to use as module storage having to buy type nines and things like that and store the ships just to store modules on them because they don't have any more space for their engineered modules. It <laughs> it's just it uh oh, it's like at this point now they're they they're scrambling to throw the community a bone and they're they're giving in to I don't think demands but requests that we've had for a very, very long time that could have, like like Tweak said, they could have been fixed at any point. Regarding the story stuff at this point, it's, I, what I've come to expect at this point from Frontier in terms of story is there will be a Galnet article telling you to go to a place, you'll go to the place, there will be a text file for you to scan something and read the text file and go, ooh, ah, look, some lore. I, 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 it would be great if there's more than that. I mean, but it, if there was ground Thargoid combat, that would be interesting, yeah. I don't know even at this point if that would be enough to even make even me start playing on a regular basis, just because I know that it would... Ground Thargoid combat will need a new type of suit, a new type of weapon. You have to go out and grind for the materials to get those. Um, and then it will be... Uh, it will be a bullet sponge thing, like yeah, like like the rest of the combat on, on foot is. Um, so I don't know if I don't even know if that would bring me back at this point. Um, but yeah, in terms of the update, I mean, if I'm honest, Kai, when you mentioned about the dev post, I I struggled to remember if I if I'd even read it. And, and when you when you mentioned about the planets and stuff, I was like, oh yeah, I did I did read that. Yeah, I, you know, I have read it because there was so little of real interest in it for me personally. Mm. Um, that yeah, it, it slipped out of my mind. I want to take a moment to jump away from negativity and say that I just cracked open a flying dog Gonzo Imperial Porter and oh my god, it's delicious. And now Wolf, your thoughts on patch six and the update. Well I mean, so if if they're grasping at straws and they're saying, Hey, we're gonna give you these these quality of life improvements that we've been begging for for years. 
they didn't give it to us. So, okay, that's that's interesting. I'd love to know what the thought process is there. Um, my thing with Odyssey is that, you know, we, we saw really pretty things in those uh, release trailers. And we went to those planets, and that's not what we saw. I just want that. I really do. Um, I'll give them kudos for rapidly incorporating the new graphics tech that was released to the world. Um, and yes, uh, I was able to use some of them to help my situation, but it was not a magic bullet by any stretch of of what that thought process could be in someone's head. Uh, I still can't play the on foot stuff with Odyssey. And to be honest, I just do the horizons content in Odyssey mode and enjoy the pretty. And I like it. Uh, to end on a positive note, not, not because I wanted to, but just because of where the conversations have gone. Highford's cash actually has me excited and that's a feeling that Elite hasn't given me in a very long time. I don't know if it's going to be on foot Thargoid combat. Uh, I kind of don't care because I can't do it. Um, I want more lore. Yeah. Laura has been the underpinning of this game since the original Elite in 1984. Please, for the love of God, Frontier, go back to your roots and tell an amazing story. We know you can do it. You've been doing it for a long time, and then you just stopped. Yeah, uh, 100%. I, uh, I agree. I, I, I literally am just in a, in a space where... And, and I feel like... Because I... Cause I Katie put a note in there. She was like, Oh my God, am I being too negative? No, you're not. It's not, it's, it, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say that when I, <laughs> with my, with my talk about the Gonzo Imperial Porter, it was just that it's like, it's, it's not your fault. It's all of us. We had the same reaction to this. And I, I, I want to be happy with elite. I want to be able to come to you guys and say, hey man, this happened and it's amazing. I didn't see sort of amazing in in, in the patch or whatever. I saw, you know, you implemented what AMD put out to the world and said, hey, here, look, this will make it better. It's like, that's not you fixing your shit. That's you using a workaround that everyone has. Um, the Highford's cash thing is different. I am going to choose to be optimistic until proven otherwise and say, I'm marking August 26th down on my calendar. It's easy for me because it's just the day after my birthday, so I'll remember it. I cannot wait to see what happens on August 26th. I hope it's something good. Um, I do want to salute them for putting in more module space and more bookmarks at some point when they do it. They didn't... I, I don't know why everything with Frontier has to be a secret. A, they didn't say when it's coming. And B, they didn't say how much. If they would have said, like, hey, we're doubling the module slots. Or we're adding 50% more bookmarks. Or, you know, that would have been nice. Some clue as to what's going on. But it's just like... Hey, 
these things that you guys have been asking for for the last five years, we're going to give you something of that. We're not telling you any details how much and not telling you when, but at some point, soon, TM. I just... I just want you to do better, Frontier. Please, do better. I want to love you. Let me. <sighs> okay. Yeah, but I just wanted to clear that up with, with, with Kate. Like, I'm, I was not in any way bummed at you for speaking the truth. You pretty much said what I said, but smarter and nicer because you're better than me. Uh, <laughs> it, I just, I'm bummed that, I'm bummed that this is where we're at. And I hope that 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 changes, and and part of that change would would I I hope is maybe coming with this high for cash thing. And in the meantime, yeah, um, I, I'm sure it probably hasn't been lost on people that we've been playing Star Citizen uh, video footage throughout this entire show because you know, hmm. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, I'd like to. Mm -hmm. I'd, frankly, it's it's actually the better product at this point in time. I'd I'd mm -hmm. like I'd yeah. like to put on. I would like to. To to, have a reason, to, uh, edit in some new and 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 put together a new elite highlight reel. That would be nice. I would. I actually I miss elite. But when I log in to play it, it makes me sad. So I don't mm. play the other two games. I'm going to log in uh, after this show to move my character and, and, and hope that this little trip to the bubble, this, this little nebula trip, gives me um, a nice little shot in the arm, a little something to be happy and excited about. I think maybe I'm going to try to muster within the next month or so. I'm going to try to muster muster my give a fucks and and maybe uh put together a group with some friends and go and do the cannon challenge maybe fly around and see you know some some plants and some fucking floaty guys and stuff i i i want to be happy to log into that game again uninspired is how i feel when i try to log into elite right now i log in and and not many people loved it as much as i did but i log in i sit in my ship and i'm uninspired it's depressing all right yeah, i mean go ahead oh sorry just just very quickly so i i was i've been chatting with some people on the frontier forums in a thread about youtubers and streamers leaving the game and and i, and I have had to point out several times that they like content creators who who have left the game temporarily or otherwise, like we we weren't. I think this is impression that, that like we were just playing the game to get views and things like like like. I'm still ranked number one on the AXI's Ace leaderboard. You know that that took a that took a lot of commitment to do. You know it's it was nothing to do with the YouTube views. I was just determined to do it and loving the game so much. Like the the, the people who've been playing for a long time love the game but and they and it's it's, it's almost like a, a kind of heartbreak i suppose almost like a morning of a, of a 
where it where it's gone mm. um the past couple of couple of months mm. so it's not it's not that we we hate the game we love the game but we just want frontier to do a better job mm. they've got to do a better job yep so that takes us to the last patch which was there was a server side patch earlier today that patched a couple of issues link is in the show notes it's sort of vague there, there were some things they making it better that takes us to the Galnet news articles and community goals. Take it away, Katie. Okay, so then, um, this week in Galnet, we've had the Federal Surveillance Sabotages Independence. Um, this is about the ongoing um, saga about factions seceding from the Federation. Uh, communications intercepted by the Proactive Detection Bureau are being used to prevent further factions from leaving the Federation. Um, the Federation Intelligence Agency is targeting pro-independence individuals via their private messages, um, declaring that unilateral declarations of independence are a criminal act. Um, and both President Hudson and Shadow President Winters have personally contacted leaders of many systems uh, within their sphere of influence, aiming to address their concerns and convince them not to secede from the Federation. And that was the 26th of July. 27th of July, we had Aegis investigated after Megaship loss. And this is to do with the disappearance of the, the Alexandria that disappeared during uh, a very recent Targoid incursion. Um, superpowers have partly suspended Aegis and authorized the inquiry into the Alexandria Megaship, which disappeared in hyperspace. Uh, the loss of the Alexandria, which was carrying thousands of crew members and valu valuable Guardian artifacts from CG, um, has now raised questions about the organization's competence. Uh, part of the reason for such scrutiny is the emergence of the salvation character, who many view as running an alternative anti-Xeno effort. And some security ag agencies even suspect him to be the leader of an Aegis splinter group, composed of rogue agents and stolen resources. Um, so the 29th of July, we had the Far God Mega Far God Megaship Initiative concludes this was a community goal to assist the uh, Thargoid worshipping um, Far, Far God cult. Uh, independent pilots have supported the Far God cult by delivering commodities to the Panjabel system, um, and their megaships will soon be embarking on a holy pilgrimage. I believe that the pilots that, that contributed received Thargoid ally decals as a reward for that CG. Um, 29th of July also, we had NMLA attacks Marlinist starports. Um, the NMLA have bombed two starports in HIP 22550 and Haiti Sector R0-PB6-6. Um, the attacks are believed to be in response to uh, the um, election results. Verity De Dexter failing to win a public vote um, to lead the Marlin Marlinist consulate. Um, where she would have represented the ML, God, I'm gonna guess, where she would have represented the NMLA political wing. Um, and the prime consul, Kayo Tao, the elected candidate, said, I call upon the galactic community to provide humanitarian aid to the two stations in question. Uh, we urgently require ships to evacuate the people trapped within these starports. And finally, uh, this again ties into the secession storyline of the Federation. A rebellion spreads across the federal systems. This was the 30th of July. Um, new Kuwembe, Kuwemba, New Kuwemba Labour have triggered a second wave of secession by severing ties with the Federation. 
Uh, a minority of Federation factions are breaking away from superpower, superpower in protest against its civil surveillance laws. And President Hudson has redirected the Fortress Liberty megaship to the Kuemba system. That is that roundup of Galnet articles for the week. Right on. And community goals. Yeah, yeah. there's, a, there's one active right now, I believe. I can't believe uh, that or, the nutjobs... I can't believe that the nut there's one active the one the the nut jobs got their 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 CG for their the, the, the people that worship the Thargoids like what it, okay I like the, the I get that the prize was stickers but it wasn't unique stickers it was literally the <laughs> same stickers you can get for like 10 arcs from the store like it's mm. like okay I I Whatever people, are I think that I mean, like, so the support for Thargoids could be a really great thing if if there was just something in the mechanics to support that more. That could lead to some interesting situations. <clears throat> absolutely. Um, I mean, I definitely wasn't gonna log into the game to haul for them, but like, <laughs> I'm glad that the Wackadoodles got their spaceship to fly out into the middle of nowhere and go say we worship you thargoids because like maybe that'll lead to like like if this was real if i was talking about like as a real human being if i saw people that were like hey man we worship like you know these it's like that's like it's like saying man i worship tyrannosaurus rexes and they're over there so i'm gonna go out there i'd be like as a realistic thing i'd be like oh do not do that idiot you're it's like flat earthers that want to launch themselves into space. It's like, oh, you're going to kill yourself in a very spectacular fashion. But then the other side of the flat earthers that want to launch themselves into space is like, oh, and I want to watch that and giggle. Uh, so, like, I get, like, I wasn't going to log into haul shit for that travesty of a CG, but I'm definitely happy that somebody did because... I'd like to see where this story goes. It's like you're you're literally going out there to poke the bear and thinking the bear is going to be your friend. It's like, oh, you're you're definitely about to step on a landmine and die in a hilarious fashion, which I'm going to watch shoveling popcorn into my mouth. So, yay, I guess. <sighs> okay. Um Yeah, I think that 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 wraps up uh Elite Dangerous for the week. And that takes us to... Real Life Science. Katie, take it away. So, uh, my Real Life Science story for the week is that uh, China are moving forward with a thorium molten salt reactor. Uh, a team of government researchers in China have unveiled a design for a commercial nuclear reactor use like, utilizing a molten thorium salt instead of uranium. Um, the use of liquid thorium uh, makes it safer in the event of a leak, uh, and the construction of the first commercial reactor should be completed by 2030. Um, China may also build these reactors for other countries because unlike uranium, thorium cannot be used to make nuclear weapons. China has some of the world's largest reserves of thorium, uh, by some calculations, has enough to meet the country's energy needs for at least 20,000 years. Um, so it's a, definitely a long-term investment if the technology works. 
um, China has some of the lowest uranium reserves of any nuclear-capable country. So traditional nuclear power is not a good option for them. But uh, the science of this is really interesting. A modern salt reactor has the advantage of being small in size and highly flexible. It is as easy to design. It is easy to design as a small-scale reactor. Uh, the concept of a reactor powered by liquid salt rather than solid fuel first appeared in the 1940s and in the 1960s. Uh, the U.S. built a facility to test the technology's capabilities, um, but these projects failed because at the time they, they struggled with developing pipes that were resistant to cracking against the uh, radioactive molten salt. Um, basically, in these reactors, they, they do away with the need for water to transfer heat from the, the, the reaction um, material um, to the turbines because the the, the, the Thorium salts, the liquid salt, is radioactive and can also serve as the medium through which the heat transfer occurs. Um, it is also uh, much, much safer because uh, unlike a traditional reactor, in the event of, a, of a, an accident or an, a leak, um, the reaction just stops, the, 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 the material cools down into a solid again. So no, no radioactive material gets released into the envi environment unlike a traditional meltdown. Um, Beijing approved the construction of a prototype in 2011, which is actually believed to complete, the construction will complete next month. Um, and although the prototype is only, only capable of generating two megawatts, if it succeeds, it will be the first time the theory has been put into practice. Um, the power plant will require a lot of additional equipment, you know, turbines um, and things like that, but the actual reactor is only three meters tall by 2.5 meters wide. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just gonna be, a, if, it, if it works, it could open a whole new like avenue for very, very safe uh, and long lasting nuclear power um, to become a reality. Yeah, I think I'm gonna need the, one of those pipes installed in my office the next time I try <laughs> to read the the frontier patch notes because radioactive molten salt seems like appropriate. Okay, uh, I'll hop in now with Scott Manley put out a video today about Russia's new space station module causes an alarm on causes alarm on the ISS. Link is in the show notes to the video. Basically, uh, the Nauka. Uh, uh, the much delayed, literally to the point that they phased it out and made a new one because it was delayed multiple times over years. But the Nauka science module, they finally got it launched up to space. It had problems on the launch. It had problems on the approach. And then after it docked with the ISS space station, they had a misfire on their third set of, of, uh, of uh, thrusters. So there's the main thrusters to, to make it move. There's the lateral thrusters, the positioning thrusters to kind of get it positioned. And there's a third set of thrusters, which are also positioning thrusters, but they are literally made to sort of help the ISS in case there's any need for uh, positioning thruster fire to um, modify the position of the ISS. Well, they docked this damn thing with the ISS and then had a misfire of their third set of thrusters, which caused the ISS to rotate which kind of threw some spanners in the work. It looks like things are going to be okay. It's, it's, it's all sort of resolved more or less now, but yeah, it was a, 
It was a hairy day for the Nauka uh, space module and the ISS. It was it was a not uh, uh, incident free deployment of that module. Link is in the show notes to the whole thing. Scott Manley explains it way better than I ever could. Take it away, tweet. All right, I got a real quick short story, but I thought it was pretty interesting. Scientists have discovered details about a very exciting exoplanet orbiting a nearby star system. Planet NU2, Loopy D, orbits a sun-like star about 50 light years away from Earth. It's actually visible with the naked eye. It has a mild atmospheric temperature, but most interesting to scientists is it appears to contain more water than Earth does, which... The scientists find this really interesting. You can imagine the reasons. One, with an atmospheric, mild atmospheric temperature and a lot of water, that's, that could produce some kind of life, they're thinking, possibly. But also, while we can't travel 50 light years yet, I believe they are all hoping that at some point we can. And that that might be a planet that we can gather resources from to continue jumping further out. So this could be a big discovery for future space things. Kind of interesting. And that takes us to Roy stories. Please to enjoy. We now return to Roy stories, season three tales from Tawanta episode two, the workshop. Wilson Port, Tawanta, 3305, July 13th, 0817 hours, Galactic Standard Time. Francis Benetti, the deck chief of the Wilson Port Outfitting Deck, shouted across the workshop to his chief engineer. Hey, Kaylee, would you come over here for a minute? We need to figure out today's work schedules and assignments. Sure thing, Frank. She shouted back and started walking over to the screened-off niche that served as Frank's office and work area. Frank watched her walk over. He had worked with her for nearly 10 years and knew her well enough to know that she was tired. They all were. Ever since the new faction, the Burian Protectorant, arrived in the system, the outfitting deck had been very busy. They'd recently had to increase their staff by 50% to 15 technicians, and they were still struggling to keep up with the work. All his team were working extra hours, but nobody worked as hard as Kaylee. So what have you got for us today, Frank? Kaylee said as she arrived at his cubicle. Hey, are those cookies? She asked, referring to the small crate with C's for cookie emblazoned on its side. Pastries and small cakes, actually. You help yourself while I get the details of today's tasks up on that terminal. Ariel brought them from the new bakery in Macomb City. Kaylee took a bite, chewed, raised her eyebrow in appreciation, and said, Damn! This is one good pastry. Must have cost a fortune. In a fancy box, too? Any idea what the words below the logo mean? Crustulum Pascat S? No idea. And I am not going to do a search either in case it's some of the order doesn't approve of. Okay, here we go. We have four general tune-ups on Vipers belonging to the order, and one of the Pythons need two large plasma accelerators fitted. They also need two secret missile racks added to one of their anacondas. Uh, Tawanta Company needs shield boosters fitted to two haulers and two Type 6 transporters. Maxine can look after the PAs, Felix can do the general tune-ups, and Maria can handle the Seekers. We can get Paul and Li Fong on the shield boosters. Good. Now comes the weird stuff. 
The burr pit ships? Yep, those are the ones. One of their vultures needs a new shield booster installed. The purple one or the spiky one? The purple one. Factory standard? What do you think? At a guess, I'd say it's been customized to within an inch of its life. You guessed right. It's being delivered by Galactic Logistics sometime this morning. It'll also need an engineering blueprint applied when it gets here. One of the custom digitally signed ones from uh, Didi Vaderman. Whoever works on that needs insurance and a sign-off terminal. Well, I'd love to do that one myself. I'll get Miguel to look after it. He's ready to take on extra responsibilities, and he's pretty good at tuning shields. Good call. And that spiky vulture needs a Professor Palin blueprint applied to its drives. It also needs super conduits added to the power distributor. A big grin spread across Kaylee's face. I'll take that one. It'll be fiddly, but fun. I would love to see how the professor squeezes extra performance out of those thrusters. Anything else? There's upgrades to be made to an adder. Improvements to the uh, frameshift drive. It also needs an upgrade to the control system and optics of the camera drone. Erlid and Hiroko can look after the optics system. They are UI software experts. Very knowledgeable on life support too. Miguel and I will train them up on the FSD. They're quick learners. I just wish the commissioner didn't dislike them. It makes things a bit tense. Have they been saying anything against the order? No, nothing like that. It's just that they used to work out at the Black Wildwood Ranch installation. And that makes them suspect for some reason. Okay, not idea, but they've done nothing wrong. It'll probably blow over. Hopefully, Kaylee said, stippling a yawn. <sighs> Frank frowned. How are you holding up? A slight note of concern in his voice. I'm good, I'm tired like everyone, and I'm working double shifts to get the newbies up to speed, but it's okay. I know my limits, and I'm taking performance enhancers to stay alert. In a week or two, when people are up to speed, I'll be able to slow down. Besides, this is fun. These ships are amazing. A huge variety of ship manufacturers, top-of-the-line modules, and we get to work with optimizations designed by the best engineers in the galaxy. On top of that, the configurations are wild. For example, there's an anaconda with seven railguns? Figuring out how to get the thrusters to compensate when they're all firing together was a really cool challenge. Never mind dealing with the heat and the huge swing in power draws. I wouldn't miss it for the world. None of us would. Okay, good to hear. Take care of yourself, though. We'd be more short-handed if our chief engineer got sick or had an accident. Don't worry, I will. As I said, I know my limits. Any other issues? I'm not sure your gay is working out. You mean Commissar Ivanov's cousin? He is? Shoot. Well, he's made a few dumb mistakes. Loose couplings, obsolete software patches, underspecced components. If Arrowhead or Hiriko weren't the wizards that they were with the diagnostics and testing scanners, some of the burpit ships could have gotten into bother in deep space. Frank and Kaylee looked at each other. Neither of them dared utter the word that had popped into their head. Sabotage. A couple of seconds passed before Kaylee stepped closer and in a quiet voice asked, What should we do? The best thing we can do is keep our heads down and do the best job we can. 
Keep a real and heroic at arm's length. Be friendly, but not too friendly. However, do make sure they always get a chance to run diagnostic checks on those burr pit ships before we finish up. And what about those? Kaylee asked, glancing in the direction of the box of pastries on Frank's workbench. Erlid did bring them after all. I think they should be okay. Anyhow, the team could do with a bit of a treat after all their hard work recently. Let them eat cake. Yes. Uh, I just looked up at the notes and see what the hell is going on on the Twitch side on this. I see under the notes. Uh, and his stupid rocket. We don't need Jeff's penis in the news anymore. Oh, Jeff Bezos. The, okay, penis. Okay, I get it now. I was like, what the hell? All right. Whoo! Okay, so that was Roy Stories. Big thanks to the whole crew that, you know, as always, is is killing it on Roy Stories. Um, this week, I want to give a special uh, salute to BitBot2000, uh, Boss Lady B, Audaxius, Roy, of course, and most of all, Monohive for putting in all that post post what is it post something goodness post processing post there you go post production um yes good stuff guys all right our discussion topics we had two with star citizen and one with elite this week first with star citizen was sort of talking about the aspects of how you know some of the saltier veterans uh kind of look at uh elite players coming in and they're like oh you'll get it soon kid don't worry and it's like oh no no we get it you just don't understand we're what we're used to dealing with what we're used to dealing with is is something that makes what you're used to dealing with look like uh, a a good a godsend a good good set of problems to have and i'll take that any day of the week the second star citizen uh discussion topic this week was kind of explaining the terminology of different things, uh, some, some, you know, object container streaming and server meshing and iCache and entity graph and yada, 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 yada. Um, please feel free to share if you thought like, oh, wow, you got this wrong or, oh, hey, that was really cool the way you explained that. Or like, hey, you should also kind of hit up this one and that one, whatever. Hit us up in the contacts and uh, comments and let us know, you know, what you thought about that. Uh, and, and, and the third was with regard to Elite Dangerous, our view on the patch six and update development form post two. Uh, and, you know, our, our feeling, I think that is shared by the majority of the crew, at least that like, we want to love Elite, but we're not gonna lie. So, We very much want to say good things about your game. Please do stuff that we can say good things about your game, please. Um, 
And lastly, he had to go, but I want to give a huge salute to Dr. Dre. I'll say it right. Dr. Draben from, uh, you know, Draben uh, from, from the Hulseals, uh, who was our guest until he had to duck out. Um, and, and guys, I want to give an impassioned speech because he's not here. Please, if you're an elite dangerous commander and you claim to love elite and you claim to be those people who are, you know, not happy with us right now because we're not saying nice things about elite. Okay. Put your money where your mouth is. Go sign up for the wholesales. Be a part of the solution and help to keep elite alive. Keep the elite community alive. Join the wholesales. They're, they're, they're beautiful people that just help do that. Um, All right, we're going to go with State of the Games. I'm choosing not to rate Elite this week. That is the kindest thing I can say. Star Citizen. I'm going to give them a 9.8 out of 10. They even moved up a little from last week because of uh, the amazing ISC and the cool stuff that is happening and the fact that I honestly feel like we are at any moment on the precipice of hearing, you know, um, that 3.14 is available for all of us. I want to give a huge salute to Lord Winter 15 in the chat who said to my response to my call to arms for people to go and join the Hull Seals. He said, I will. Because I intend to keep Elite alive as soon as I get done with my real-life job. I, I get it, bro. Um, I, and, and, you know, you've been commenting through the whole show. And I want you to know, you specifically, I, you know, I'm not trying to shit on you. I get your love for Elite. I salute your love for Elite. I think it's awesome. It's beautiful. I can't share it right now. But I hope to get back to a place soon where I can. So, in the meantime... You keep on shining in Elite, and, and you keep being awesome, and do that with the Hull Seals, because that is a beautiful thing. So, big salute to you. Uh, and No Man's Sky, as always, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm giving them a 30, because god damn, that game is just all of the fun. That game is a bottle of tequila, a hot redhead, and a Friday night with no plans for Saturday, so you could do whatever you want as late as you want and sleep in tomorrow. It's just all of the good. Katie, rate the games. I also feel it would be unfair of me to rate Elite at the moment because I haven't played it this week. Um, so I'm going to give Star Citizen a 9.5. Like, there's a, there's a, you know, there's room for it. There's certainly room for more to be added but i am loving it right now um and especially with the groups that i've started playing with uh it's outstanding and then one sky as well um had my first re real taste of it this week uh absolutely loved it i'm gonna give it a not quite as high i'm gonna give it an 8.5 out of 10. beautiful tweet well i'll give elite a three 
maybe even a 3.5, I guess, because they took baby steps in the right direction with this patch and with at least promising. And part of me cringes at saying that, but they're going to finally increase module storage and improve the bookmarks. Yay. Uh, Star Citizen, obviously, I still have not played it yet. Eagerly awaiting the time that I can. But just the news that you get from them every day, there's a stream at least at least a couple times a week. I feel like I get a stream from Star Citizen themselves, the IG themselves, and they give out great information. They even tell you what they're struggling with. So just based on that alone, I'll give them a 10 out of 10. I'm excited for that. No Man's Sky, I'll stay a steady seven just because it is, it's fun, it's relaxing, but I feel like I need a little more to pull me in there. So, Wolf. So I'll give Elite a four out of 10. Um, when I've played it, I've, I've had some enjoyment, but the, the, the passion's just just not there and god i want it to return i really do uh star citizen uh not into it yet i i have found that after i get done using my brain with my real work and then the discord i go straight to no man's sky with zero questions asked 50 out of 10 it is just it's what i need right now and it, it does all the things that i want it to do i'm gonna give that a rick flair woo Beautiful, Wolf. Beautiful. All right. That is it for the night. Uh, we're going to... It's late. We're going to just wrap up. I've been awake for 46 hours now. Country's bad. After the show, we're uh, as soon as the closing song is done, Come join us in the chat. I can't promise that I'll stay awake for long, but I will be there for a little bit because I love you people. Um, <clears throat> the link is in the show notes to the uh, Discord. Come and join us and, and talk about stuff and tell us, you know, your your, your viewpoints. Um, yeah, man. I love you all. Uh, we're going to, on a count of three, we're all going to at the same time say goodnight to the beautiful people. One, two, three. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs>
It's always better.